Hey everybody, it's Stephanie Old World Gamer along with Scott Devin Kane, and welcome back for more Retro Indie Pixels podcast. Ooh. Yeah, we are back again to give you all of that good gaming podcastiness that we can. <laughs> you know, I was trying to think of, I was trying to get an adjective in there, and I'm just like, uh, podcasty, good. We're starting off strong this week. Sorry we missed last week. Uh, there was a couple different things going on. Scott had to get up early. I was kind of yeah. dead because of work. So, basically, we just skipped last week. So <laughs> Yeah. If we missed anybody <laughs> or any important things, I, I do apologize. But we're back yeah. again. And, again, we're going to try and keep that to a minimum anyways. Because we know how much everyone's been loving the podcast so far. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so... Yeah, it was just a, it was a non-possible thing. I had a doctor's appointment at 10 o'clock in the morning, and I'm used to, you know, because I, I work night shift, so I usually work until like 4 a.m., so I'm usually sleeping until about noon, maybe <laughs> 1 o'clock. So it's like, huh, I have to be at this appointment, which is an hour away, <laughs> two hours before I normally wake up. Huh. So. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. So, uh, let's get right into it with uh, my new segments that I have for us this week. Uh, we have a couple that I was going to cover last week, so there'll be, like, a few things that might be a little old, but I made sure that I tried to keep most of it, like, you know, applicable to things that I, you know, found interesting that would still be good to report now. But anyway, uh, starting us off, I'm um, going to go right into our Epic Game Store free stuff. Uh, normally I hit this stuff up a little later, but I really want to talk about this. Uh, Celeste and Inside are your free uh, games through the Epic Game Store next. From August 29th through September 5th, you'll be able to claim both Celeste and Inside off the Epic Game Store for free. Uh, both are very popular indie titles. Uh, Celeste from Matt Makes Games is an action platformer, while Inside is a puzzle platformer. Uh, speaking of indie games, Polytron's corporation puzzle platformer Fez is your free game this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the games replace Hyperlight Drifter and Mutant Year Zero. If you've never played it back in its heyday, it stars little 2D fellow named Gomez. While his while living his life, he discovers a third dimension and sets out on a journey to explore a new universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not played Celeste yet. I have oh. definitely seen. Holy cow! The game looks really good. I've, I've been watching a lot of people speedrun it. It's it's a pretty popular game. It's yeah. also very good. If people are speedrunning it in the retro community, then you can bet your ass it's a pretty goddamn good game. Oh yeah. If and I've seen like how from retro to play an indie game. Yeah, because that. Yeah. I mean, again, if you're in that community, you know yourself. Like most times, most of the retro gamers only want to play retro, so if they dive into something like Celeste or whatever, or like Shovel Knight and that kind of stuff, then you know it has to be good. So Yeah, especially with like both of the, both of those games having really good like polygonal graphics, so it's like I'm really looking forward to being able to just pick up Celeste for free! Thank you, Epic Games. Hey there, uh, indie, indie retro news, how you doing? And, uh, you know, also Fed, I haven't even picked up Fez yet. I'll have to give that a try, too. I but. have Fez. I just have not played it yet. Uh, yeah. There's so many games, dude. I have my uh, library I know. that I've had not the chance to get around to. <laughs> we talked. We, we even talked about uh, Hyper Light Drifter on the last <laughs> podcast, and we like, man, you're going to really love this game. And I went and I downloaded it, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go play this tomorrow before <coughs> work, and then, you know, life happens, and I haven't got a chance yet, but, 
you know. So, uh, August 29th, which is this coming Thursday. Yeah. This coming Thursday, you'll be able to get both Celeste and Inside for free. I haven't tried Inside yet. I don't even know much about it, but I'm kind of interested in looking at it now. Yeah, I mean, Puzzle Platformer? Yeah. Kind of sounds like my thing. Um, I just wanted to go over this real quick. Uh, Gears Pop is going to be a free iOS, Android, Microsoft 10 mobile device. Game coming August 22nd. Uh, which yeah. Coming August 22nd? Huh. All right. Uh, yeah, it's available right now, so you can download it for free today on Android and iOS. Uh, get it during the launch weekend, and you'll receive a Gamescom promotional pack with free characters, which, you know, if you can pick it up today or a little later. Uh, link your Xbox account for 100 free crystals and log in every day for seven days for free rewards. Oh. The mobile-only Clash Royale-style shoot-off is a collaboration between Gears and Vinyl Collectibles manufacturer Funko Pop. And it's awfully cute. Top-down, mostly multi-popular arena game, the aim is to pit squads of Gears characters styled in the Funko aesthetic against each other in real time. Mm. Uh... The game will launch with dozens of playable characters from the Gear series, say the developer of the Coalition and uh, Mediatonic. But as free-to-play release, it will also include in-app purchases. Microsoft has yet to dig into what these will look like, but it's likely going to involve character customization. Are they of turning course, into Pogs? Uh, uh, they're turning into little Pop Cats. I don't know. Of course, if much of the beefier Cousin Gears 5, the first entry of Gears of War series to drop off the Of War from its name, and currently in development from the Coalition for Windows and Xbox One. First announced during E3 2018, the third-person shooter launches September 10th. Um, I really like these kind of games, like these 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 uh, Clash Royale kind of battle games, and I love me some Gears, so uh, I know, this it, it looks it's, so cool. It looks ridiculous right now. Like, this trailer know. is awesome. Okay, here we go. This is what I was waiting to see. Okay, that's... It's that's like some actual, you know, Clash Royale gameplay. Oh, this is... That's different. Okay. Yeah. It's not what I, I was expecting, actually. Okay. Yeah, but it's definitely like, you know, I love these sort of style games, and being able to play Gears characters with it and watching Lancers pop off the heads of pop figures, the kind of, you know, it gets me a little bit. I, I'm definitely going to give this game a try, so... Uh, it is available right now for iOS and Android, so uh, go pick up yourself a copy of it just for, you know, fun's sake. Um, so, my, my my required update for Pokemon Go is kind of important for the series. Um, there's quite a oh. bit of news going on in one headline of uh, Pokemon Go. Neontic Labs has announced Gen 5 Pokemon from the Unova region will start to appearing in Pokemon Go September 16th. Along with the news comes World, uh, word that the Global Ch uh, Challenge Ultra Bonus has unlocked, and Jirachi is now available for all trainers via special research. Those who have already completed the GoFest Go special research and have caught the Wish Pokemon, completing the special research will earn them candy to power up Jirachi. The Ultra Bonus was unlocked thanks to players completing all three parts of the Global Challenge. These bonuses will unlock over the course of three weeks and includes 2x, uh, two times, or two incubator effectiveness, and a chance to encounter the uh, select shiny Pokemon and more. Uh, you can check out the full schedule of unlocks along with more information uh, below, which is... Uh, work on your Johto Pokedex as Pokemon never before seen in eggs and Pokemon Go will be hatching during this time, hmm. which is September 2nd through September 9th. 
Uh, if you're lucky, you might unhatch Unown from U-L-T-R-N-A from t- uh, 10K8. Uh, Raikou, Entei, and Suicune will return to raids along with other Johto Pokemon. And if you're lucky enough, you might encounter Shiny Senret and Shiny Gilga- or Gligar. Ooh, Jeez. that's kind of cool. Um, Pokemon from across the across the globe will join the celebration this week, along with a special appearance of a by a mythical Pokemon that will be available to challenge in raids. Which kind of looks like it's going to be Deoxys. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, regional Pokemon Farfetch'd, Kangaskhan, Mr. Nime, and Tauros will hatch from 7k eggs. If you're lucky, you might even catch shiny ones. Uh, these Pokemon will remain available from eggs until the end of the week. Uh, all Deoxys forms will make their first appearance outside of EX raids, including Pokemon appearing in raids will help you build a good team to challenge uh, Deoxys. Uh, Professor Willow has found that Pokemon originally discovered in the Innova region are now appearing in the wild starting in September 16th to September 23rd. Um, Mewtwo with special move Psystripe will be available to challenge in five-star raids. If you're lucky, you might encounter a shiny Mewtwo. Jesus. Other Pokemon appearing in raids will help you build a good team to challenge Mewtwo. Uh, Gear Pokemon Clink, originally discovered in Nova, will also appear in raids, which can also be shiny. And you may also find Shiny Patrat and Shiny Lillipop. So all of this stuff is going to start September 2nd with the Johto Journey and the that, Global Challenges on the 9th and then the Unova Pokemon showing up September 16th. That is a savage update, man. That's huge. Yes, it, oh, yes it is. a lot going on. Man, it's it's crazy how much people are love Pokemon to begin with anyways. But I mean, like... Right. Uh, it's surprising that because we don't hear too much around here about Pokemon Go anymore. It was huge; like people were flocking to the big parks and stuff, and you know, wanting to check out this Pokemon Go playing all the time. And now you rarely hear of it. I, I assume, obviously, people still around here play it. I would imagine, but you just don't hear yeah, about it as often. So, in my in my area, we have like a really really huge Pokemon Go community. Wow, that's and cool. you could see like on like the the put like the. the event days on the weekend, you'll see like groups of like 20, 30 people traveling together all playing at the same time. It's like, if people are still playing this game. We've reported on that like a couple weeks ago where it's hit like 3 billion Less downloads. It's like, good grief. But uh, yeah, all this stuff starts on the 2nd and we'll be running all the way through September 23rd with new stuff starting every week. So, uh, moving on. Uh, Kerbal Space Program 2. Ah, is shooting for the stars in 2020. Uh, The long-awaited sequel to the 2011 indie hit Kerbal Space Program is coming next year. Currently in development from Star Theory and publisher Private Division, Kerbal Space Program 2 is described as a complete redesign of the series from the ground up in order to meet the needs of modern and next-generation space exploration, according to its Steam page. In other words, Kerbals, those small green lads, will receive some cool new technology that will propel them even further into space. The sequel will see players build a space program and construct spacecrafts, then take those spacecrafts to new planets, design resource-gathering colonies, and uncover the secrets of the galaxy. It's a Kerbal space program, but bigger. You can also expect to find new, broader updates when compared to its predecessory. This time around, there will be fun animated tutorials to take you through the basics of the game along with improved UI. Investigating potential colonies will be its own challenge, too, with varying type of planetary physics and resource-gathering goals. Eventually, colonies can be advanced enough to begin building their own ships and dive even deeper into space using interstellar travel. 
Rebel Space 2 will also finally include the long-requested edition of multiplayer. Cool. But this info will be detailed at a later date. Seattle-based indie studio Star Theory Games took over took over development of the Kerbal series when the franchise was acquired by Take-Two Interactive in 2017. The original Kerbal Space program was developed by Mexican game studio Squad. We are happy to say that as well as being lifelong fans of KSP who deeply understand what makes this game so great, they're also skilled developers with their own roster of games, said Squad representative in a statement posted to the official Kerbal forums. Where we're confident that you will all love what's being concocted to bring our beloved franchise to new heights. Squad confirms it will continue to support the original Kerbal game and that members of the original team are assisting Star Theory to make the best possible sequel. Um, I, I haven't played Kerbal Space Program myself, but a friend of mine was like super, super huge into this game and showed me all of the things that, you know, that you can do in Kerbal Space Program and like how like things can be like so breathtakingly like awesome it's like man i finally got this rocket to like land i've been playing for two weeks and i finally got the first one to only two weeks it takes that long he's like oh yeah watch what can go wrong it can oh yeah i mean look six and ghosty uh they play it all the time so i mean (laughs) i know blind man's now blind man's world plays it all the time too but he's I don't know. On some other level, anyways, he when he gets in the the space plane, he he can just land that anywhere. I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. He's crazy <laughs> at the game. But yeah, yeah no, so there's a he, lot of people going to be looking forward to this, especially with how the game used their physics and made it so much more like realistic in regards right, to like yeah. how how builds would work. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's pretty cool, and I'm pretty sure they're still working with like big groups to make it like as realistic again as possible. So yeah, that's what they're that's what we're saying. And like my friend, like he's just showing me how you play, and I'm just like, how do you get all this stuff? Like, oh, this is a slow process. If you think you're gonna pick this game up and get yourself into space and have everything work the first time around, you're fooling yourself. Oh, yeah. like, okay, <laughs> so like. Oh, but but like this little improvement makes it so you can do this and that little improvement. Oh, hit this one button and everything explodes. Like, what? The f- what? Like, all right, cool. But uh, 2020 is when Kerbal Space Program Two will be available to you guys. Um, since there seems to be a lot of excitement for this in the chat, I will definitely keep an eye on this and let you guys know of any future any future updates that I will uh, I will see. Uh, so moving on, uh, Dragon Quest XI S demo is now available on the Switch eShop. We talked about uh, this before, but um, I'm just going to go over this real quick. Um, Dragon Quest S uh, Definitive Edition demo has arrived on the Switch shop. Switch owners looking forward to Dragon Quest XI S can now try it before they buy it. Just load up the eShop and get the demo download. The demo's around 4.7 gig in size, gig in size, and the data can be transferred to the full game. Uh, those who save their data will be gifted a skill seed bonus Kerbal upon release. Nintendo also announced those who pre-purchased the game can now preload it ahead of release. Uh, Dragon Quest XI S, S Echoes of Illusion Age Definitive Edition releases September 27th for the Switch. Um, I said this before, and um, uh, the, the Dragon Quest XI, uh, thank you that for that M4, by the way. Uh, Dragon Quest XI, if you haven't played it yet, is an amazing game. It changes up the combat for Dragon Quest a little bit, but not enough for you to be like, oh, this is so different that it just doesn't feel like Dragon Quest. It still does. Yeah. And XI, I didn't get to finish it, but 
for like the little bit that I did play, oh, it's so good. It's really good. I mean, it's just. I mean, honestly, we we said this before when we were talking about Dragon Quest Eleven. Has there ever been a Dragon Quest game that you're all like, ah, this wasn't that good? <laughs> There's been one. There's been one Dragon Quest that I was ever like, eh, I wasn't a real big fan of it, but I still played it because it was Dragon Quest, you know? Of course. Uh, it was Dragon, for me, it was Dragon Quest Nine. Nine didn't hit me the right way, but it was just like, eh, it's still a decent game, you know? I just, you know, it wasn't you know, everything that I wanted it to be, but, you know, not every game is going to be perfect. It does but look it's good. Still a de- it's still a decent game. Dragon Quest Eleven for the little bit that I did play, I played like maybe 15 hours of it, and it was phenomenally good. So, if you want to give it a try, and you got your Switch, you know, the very least you could do is give it, like, however many hours they give you, and, you know, judge whether you like it or, you know, yourself. Uh... Uh, moving on, uh, Mortal Kombat 11 Combat Pack Raster Raster the roster has been released. Um, there is a trailer there. Uh, uh, Mortal Kombat Pack or Combat Pack One is supposed to be officially unveiled this afternoon, which was Wednesday. Um, they've already received two fighters in, in Shang Tsung and Nightwolf. Uh, many were looking forward to play today's premiere to see the remainder of the roster, not to get mentioned their release dates. Unfortunately, it's been leaked ahead of time. YouTube trailer premiere went up on the official channels with a countdown to the big, big moment. Uh, as it tends to happen, the video's thumbnail can easily be grabbed. In this case, the thumbnail features all six characters as well as the release date. So, the six characters are Shang Tsung and Nightwolf, Terminator T-800, the Schwarzenegger version, uh, Sindel. Sindel, okay, I Joker, wasn't sure if it was her or my name. Joker. Yeah. And Spawn. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah, they're there. <laughs> uh, fucking. Fucking. Spawn. Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh. The big news here, of course, is the release date, since Combat Pack's entire roster leaked even before MK11 had launched. The next character set for release is the T-800 Terminator with the, Ar- with the Arnold Schwarzenegger model due October 8th. Sindel follows November 26th and rounding out, the year, uh, rounding out this year's slate. 2020 kicks off with Joker on January 28th and finally Spawn on March 17th. These dates only apply to pass holders where the character will become available a la carte a week later. Uh, we'll update you when the trailer officially drops. Um, please, 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 please never run. Please get Mark Hamill to voice Joker. Also, please. I will say, I like the fact that they actually made Shang Tsung look like the um, the dude who acted as him the, in the original Yeah, movie. the movie Shang Tsung. Yeah. That is such a great choice. Because he, because he honestly, looked very... That, I mean, when you think of him, that's yes. usually the face I go with most times, is his face, mm-hmm. so... And I will say, like, I am not a huge fan of the night of like how, how Nightwolf looks in this. I've always pictured Nightwolf as being, like, this, you know... He's a Native American, yes. But, like, he's always been, like, this, you know, stalwart... Did, just didn't he have glowing eyes, though? Nightwolf? I'm pretty sure he had glowing I, I, eyes in the original Mortal Kombat 3. He might have? 
he might have. I don't know. I, I didn't play as Nightwolf, so uh, yeah, you know, can but. get some crazy combos with him. But again, I was not a combo master oh, yeah. in Mortal Kombat three, and that's where it started evolving into that. And I was just like, nah, I'm done with this. I don't want a combo. I want to just fucking <laughs> uppercut, uppercut people. Right right right. Yeah, exactly. Up, Sometimes sweep the leg. <laughs> Fuck you, Karate Dude, Kid. Like, oh my god, if you can, Nether Realm, please make Joker voiced by Mark Hamill. Please, please, please. Because I will pick up Mortal Kombat 11 just to play Joker if he is voiced by him. I mean, just right. plain old simple. Um, oh, Terminator T800, I mean, it's a Schwarzenegger version, so, you know, whatever. You know, it's Terminator. Um, I absolutely detest this new look of Sindel. I hate it. I hate it with everything that I am. And then there's Spawn. Which, uh, I feel if I say anything bad about, God himself may strike me dead. So I won't. Uh, but Sindel, it's also Spawn. Uh, the only thing I can say is her hair, to me, doesn't look... Uh, like I said, I didn't know if it was her or Melina. Because I was like, I, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, it looks like Melina. And I was like, wait now. She's kind of floating, though. That's what Sindel does. Like, I'm getting confused. <sighs> Yeah, this is supposed to be like like her post second death or oh, something okay. like that look, and I'm like I'm just like eh. how many times have you died? Now? I'm not three, I think. You're supposed to look like a porn star <laughs> Joker. I mean, <laughs> yeah, just I just I, I want him to be. He looks like he's supposed to be like the 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 movie with him and Harley Quinn. Um, uh, Suicide Squad. Damn it, Suicide Squad. Thank you. Uh, I, it kind of looks. Maybe I'm wrong with that. I don't know. But just Mark Hamill Joker done. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, so this is an interesting little bit of information that I caught here. Um, there is a, uh, a, a console development kits usually don't look like the final model, so don't get too excited over this Sony patent just yet. A patent filed by Sony uh, in Interactive Entertainment has popped up and shows what appears to be a console of sorts. Listed as an unknown device and dug up by Let's Go Digital has many believing that the device could be a PS5 development kit. Uh, here's what a look or here's a look at what was posted by Andrew Marmo on Twitter. Um hmm. so Sony Interactive Entertainment has patented an unknown electronic device that looks similar to a PlayStation dev system. Could this be the PS5 development kit? Maybe. Uh, the large V in the center looks like the machine's exhaust to us, which usually present on the back of most electronics. This could provide ample air to keep what's under the hood cool. Of course, we can't confirm whether this is indeed the PS5 dev kit, a prototype, or some other electronic device in development at Sony. Let's consider it something interesting for the time being. Not too much is known about the next PlayStation console at the moment, but Sony is expected to reveal more information on it later this year. Um... If that's like the look of the PS5, I like yeah. it. I don't I, like. I really like it if that's what it looks like. Like, it kind of gives me like that. <laughs> it's like an Xbox 360 with a slice of pizza taken out of it. Uh, you know, but, I'm also gonna say I'm not sure what's going on here in the back, but I'm hoping that they're actually going for optical uh, audio. That would be awesome. Yeah. That would be really. That would be really. That would neat. be fucking great. Um, Nintendo. That's that's what you need to do with your Switch. Make it optical, friggin' audio, man. Yes. Your I mean, audio is good does, already. It does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does look like it's a cool, like the middle is a cooling device. So I, I mean, 
what else could it possibly be? So, what does the, the so if the middle part is only a cooling device, then where do we start the games? Are they just going to be? It almost looks like it's uh, like the old TG sixteen Q cards. You know what I mean? Like right, it looks it like a like big a little, slot like you, that. If you look at the black and white one, it looks like there's a dish tray on it on the bottom right there. Right here, like this little yeah, slit yeah. that doesn't unless it's like looks way bigger because if that's bigger than that, that's huge. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and it also looks like the front of it has like move like room for like five controller ports. Is that what it looks like? I don't know. See, that's what I was hoping. I was hoping that this little pizza slice was a new way of d- them having like solid state games. Yeah, so that would like be that. fucking amazing. Just stick your yeah. slice of pizza right in there. Uh, you, you know, dudes would fucking love it for sure. Like, oh, this is fucking awesome. Love shoving. This is a perfect place for me. <laughs> this is a perfect place to put my Red Bull. Oh, God. <laughs> or keep, keep, you know people are going to do well, that. Well, uh, it depends you know it. how much, you know, if it's warm air being blown out, people are going to keep their coffee there so you can keep uh, it warm all the time. <laughs> <laughs> pizza warmer. Like there you go. Fucking pizza warmer. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, it seems perfect to me. Oh, you my go. God. All, all you need is a small lid to go right on the top of that and slide your pizza in there. And it's, it's like, oh. This is how you keep your pizza warm. And you, you have to actually start calling your pizza place, like, hey, can you guys make sure you cut the slices extra thin? Oh, perfect. Yeah, uh, right. And that's those little slits on the sides where you put your is where you put your quarters in, and then it'll just dispense Mountain Dew out for you. So, there you go. You have your pizza warmer plus your Mountain Dew dispensers. You have nothing, nothing to complain about. You can eat, game, drink, sleep, <laughs> without even leaving your PS5 console. Leave it out for yeah. Right. So anyway, um, moving on, just going to give this as a little one more mention. Um, Square Enix has a release date for Final Fantasy VIII Remastered. Uh, it will now be uh, released in, on September 3rd, which is next Tuesday. Not this coming, but next Tuesday. Uh, the HD upgrade was announced at E3 this year, although it did leak ahead of the show. If you've never played the game, in it you step into the shoes of Seed Recruit Squall Leonhardt and Resistance fighter Renoa Hardily. Uh, the duo will work together to save the world from the military nation of Galbadia. Uh, it has received more than a visual overhaul. FF8 Remastered will feature the following boosts upon release. Uh, battle Assist, the ability to always have maxed out HP and ATB, and trigger limit breaks at any time. Um, no encounters, an encounter... An enemy encounter option that allows players to enjoy the storyline uninterrupted. While enemy encounters are turned off, players can still enjoy the story event battles. Uh, Galbadia. Galbadia. <laughs> Whatever I said. I, listen, alright? Are we, are we going to sit here and pick on my ability to say Galbadia? It's not what I Galbadia. <laughs> listen, alright? Alright, 3x speed boost. Play through the game with three times the speed. Whoa. Uh, the speed will receive additional functions, including all items. It possess all items except for a few certain. Uh, all abilities. Uh, GF max level, max gill, max magic, all limit breaks, and all triple triads. So, are you, are you saying that basically, hey, I can puss out at the start of the game? Yay! I mean, I no. guess. I mean, if you've already beaten Final Fantasy VIII a thousand times... That's the whole times, point. You, you, know, you don't run through the game from Game Genie Magoo. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so the game will be made available on PC, PlayStation 4, Switch, and Xbox One. 
on September 3rd. So if you have something that you knew you want to do when it comes to uh, Final Fantasy VIII, you know, uh, I'm going to attempt to pick it up because I've actually never finished Final Fantasy VIII. I'm sorry. So, so, so basically, you're saying I'm sorry, like, you know, I've never finished Final Fantasy VIII. Some some guy who's like some eighteen year old kids all like, oh I can't finish RPGs to try to run through them all like, oh I can't be this one boss when I get so far oh That's, shit and then fuck yeah fucking oh, I know I'm far I know what? I know I haven't finished Final Fantasy VIII even though my favorite Final oh, Fantasy character is fucking Renoa yeah my my Final yeah. Fantasy TCG. Playmat. It's just the Noah playmat, and I'll have to show you guys eventually. I okay, I'm moving on. <laughs> yes, I know. Anyway, um, this really struck me as weird. Uh, the Witcher Shit 3 bag. on Switch finally has a release date. You can get your hands on the Witcher 3 Complete Edition for Switch on October 15th. That's it. That's the news. <laughs> Uh, the CD Projekt has also released some gameplay footage with the developers taking over the top of it. You can check out their hands-on impression with the game. On it's really all there is. I'm really surprised to see the. the... Jeez. This anyway. has been one of the most hilarious podcasts so far. I know, I know. Oh god. But um, yeah, I'm really surprised to see The Witcher on a Nintendo console. It's kind well, of Nintendo's finally probably starting to realize, like, hey, you know what? We do want our console for everyone, which means that we can't leave out the people who like these kinds of games, or, oh, there's some sexy times in there, or might see a booby or a butt, or suggested sexual things. Like, guess what? Have you seen kids at dances in, like, grade five, man? (laughs) Like, go go to YouTube and just look (laughs) it up, and you'll be like, Jesus, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, it's fucking crazy. People, kids... Teenagers, adults, everyone knows what sex is. It's not a big deal anymore. Uh, you no, know you don't have to force it on fucking younger people. But if you put a stamp on saying mature, then isn't it up to the parent there to decide go. whether or not they should buy that game for their underage kid? So, I mean, if that's the case, then Nintendo should just get over all that kind of shit and just put out whatever games are going to, you know, work for them. Yeah, I'm kind of happy that Nintendo does seem to be moving towards the fact that, like, hey, adults play video games too. So it's like, wouldn't you, know, you like to see a more mature new Metroid game where you're like, fuck yes, yes, this is what I've been waiting for forever. Like, it's about time we moved in this yes. direction. You know that kind of thing. So, you know, when when Samus gets hit and something happens, I want to see blood on the inside of the right? visor. You know, she's not immortal. Exactly. You know, she takes, she bleeds, she takes hits, things yeah. happen, you know, and the, you know, that sort of shit, you know, but, uh, anyway, um, oh, I was so excited to see this, and please play the trailer on. Oh, they're adding a new person? Yes, they are. Streets of Rage 4's newest character is the Prog <gasps> oh, Rock Puncher. again, fuck off. Jesus Christ, I'm getting all excited for fucking... Streets of Rage 4 and are all like, hey, look at these McCain know, wedges. Right? I'm like, stop it. I don't care about it. I'm not hungry right now. <laughs> the Vintage Beat-Em-Up's 25-year sequel is making its way to the Nintendo Switch. That news was quick or quietly revealed as a new trailer released today showing off levels, new music, and a new Justice <laughs> Dealing Vigilante. It's only been five whole months since the last trailer, after all. New hero, Cherry, is the daughter of the original Streets of Rage veteran, uh, Adam Hunter. 
Like all good kids, she ditched the whole becoming a cop lark to play hard rock and punk or and punch harder. Go she girl. Loves to bounce. Her interest in following her father's footsteps, becoming a cop, soon faded out, replaced by her love of music, reads, reads the official bio. Nowadays, she plays with her electro-progressive rock band in some of the most dangerous places in Wood Oak City. She may look young, but make no mistake, she is the seasoned veteran of kicking ass and taking names. Shredding the axe isn't just the background flair. In the trailer, we get a good look at Cherry slaying fools with the power of music. Blasting fans away with a sick shred or power sliding into crowds, Cherry's axe has seen blood. From the remaining silhouette on the closing screen, it looks like we should still have one more character revealed to go. Streets of Rage 4 doesn't have a release date yet. It'll hit PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch on. Uh, this other dude has a robot arm. The one that they're left to reveal. Uh, I I have no idea. And they idea. say one? I say two. It looks like there's someone back here, too. Yeah, it does. It definitely looks like Hagger. That's what I'm thinking. Like, this could be modified. This could be Son of Hagger. I, I don't know. I just... I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I Maybe it's like Mecha Hugo? Just throwing that out there. It's not a real thing. You know, so... <laughs> but, um... Oh, man. I'm sorry, Blaze, but I have to play as this character. She looks so fucking cool. And just, like, for, like, the whole 40-second trailer that we got, like... Oh... Oh, she looks so cool. But, uh, yeah, once we get uh, more information on who these other characters are, we'll definitely update you with that. Um, so moving on, the Mortal Kombat movie has cast its Liu Kang, Melina, Jax, and other characters. Uh, first casting the, uh, decisions for Mortal Kombat, the upcoming video game adaptation film, have started rolling in. The film, which currently is casting extras of, uh, in Adelaide, South Australia... It's building up its roster with a mix of established and unknown actors. Uh, Ludi Lin has been announced to play Liu Kang in the movie. I have seen him. He looks like an awesome Liu Kang. Uh, the actor who played Captain Merc and Aquaman, Zack in the, or the recent Power Ranger movie, and Lance in the Black Mirror episode Striking Vipers, took to Twitter to, thanks, to thank Mortal Kombat fans. Uh, newcomer Sissy Stringer will play Melina. <coughs> While McCod Brooks, James Olsen, and Supergirls, uh, Eggs and True Blood will play Jax. I like that choice. According to Deadline, uh, Eurogamer reports that uh, Tanobu Asano is in final negotiations to play Raiden. Uh, Asano is probably best known for the best for the West for playing Hogan and Thor, and is quite prolific in Japan. Joe Talson, meanwhile, will play Sub Zero. It was very fun as Jaka in Raid Redemption. Or he was very yeah. Uh, the Mortal Kombat movie is targeting March 2021 release and will not shy away from being super violent. Uh, it will be in the directional debut. It will be the directional debut of Simon McQuaid. Um, I'm seeing a lot of these. Uh, I don't know who Sissy Stringer. I am is. never good with I mean, actors and actresses' names. I am very fucking terrible with that shit. Now, if I hung out with them often or something like that, then sure, I'd know them all to pieces, but it's not like I sit down and watch, like, one person, and even if I did, I probably still wouldn't remember her fucking name. being casted as Molina? Okay. Alright. I'm not... Eh, whatever. Um, 
I'm just I'm a, I'm a little disappointed that um uh oh my god he played Raiden in the original Mortal Kombat um oh my god uh somebody help me here oh Christopher Lambert uh am I is that who I'm thinking of wait play who Christopher Raiden in the original movie. That's Christopher Lambert. I don't know right? his name again, but uh, oh, I did not like him as Raiden. Oh, no. dude! Yeah, so... It, okay, got, got it. All I can say I, is, in the game, Raiden was quite, you know, Asian. <laughs> Alright? That's all I'm gonna say about that. And the one in the movie, n- not even like... I, like... Oh, one eight? Okay. No, I doubt it. You're as Jesus granola fucking special K. <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> so is is that is that what you think of uh, the Americans? Where it's like, hey, we eat granola and special yeah, K. Yeah, exactly. Blah, That's what blah, I think. Like, no, what, what I'm saying is that um, if you're gonna cast for a fucking role, make it so that they actually fit the characters. <laughs> It's like saying, oh, let's oh, make Goro a short guy with just two arms. Like, what? No, that doesn't even make sense. Why would you do that? Oh, well, it's the same, though, right? No, it's not the same. Oh, who's this random, like, white guy um, who's floating around? You're Raiden? Bullshit. Oh, let's take a look at this. Let's look at the Tananubo uh, Tana Asana. Let's see what this guy... Because I don't know... Um, oh, yeah! He could definitely play Raiden. Absolutely. 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 Uh, Forgive the outside noise. My people around here love to do yard work. Whenever I say, hey, I'm going to podcast now. Hey, now it's time to do yard work. If you remember the podcast that I we did like back in the day, this was like a weekly thing where it's just like, hey, I'm podcast. Okay, time to do yard work. Sunday so, is forgive me for the yard work. Uh, M4, I'm glad that you said that because that is exactly what I was thinking. Because... That is exactly where I was going with that. I wasn't going to say it on the podcast, so that's all I'm going to say. The actress who's going to play Melina. Oh. Oh, okay. So, Nintendo is allowing Switch owners who purchased the console after July 17th to trade it in for the newer model. The company recently released a revised version of the Switch, which has an upgraded uh, processor. Processor extends the battery life to console from around 6.5 hours to 9 hours. We already went over that. Uh, Reddit user Darth Mewtwo contacted Nintendo con- customer service in the U.S. to see if trading their older console for the upgrade was an option. Nintendo said that they could, provided that the console was purchased after July 17th. Digital Trends contacted co- Nintendo customer service, which confirmed the report. The site hopefully notes that many retailers are selling the older model, so in order for you to make sure you recently purchased the new model, take a look at the box. Older Switch boxes have a white background, whereas the newer ones have a red background. If you throw out your box, look at the console serial number. If it's the new model, it should start with XKW. Should your console be the older model, Nintendo will send you with an email with return instructions. You will have to handle it. It's also noted that this offer may also be only available in North America at the time, but it doesn't hurt to contact customer service if you live in another region. Um, I mean, like, I, I guess so. I guess this is a good way for Nintendo to be like, oh, hey, you know, we we just we just we just released this newer model, but you just bought a new or an older model, 
all right, we'll send you a new one. You just got to pay to ship it. It's like, uh, okay, I guess so. I mean, I guess it's worth an extra two and a half hours battery, I suppose. You know, but... Uh, I don't... Can you guys... You guys can still hear me. I can't hear something I'm anymore, by the way. I'm here. Oh, okay. Because okay, you haven't said anything. It, it, it looked like you were talking in, in the podcast, but... I Just making sure. Just making sure. All right. But, um, yeah. I, I, I uh, sh- sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, uh, moving on. Um, Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes hits PS4 and Steam this Thank October. You. Grab your not lightsaber. Travis Strikes Again is heading for PC and PS4 this October. The No More Heroes hack-and-slash spin-off turned indie love letter won't be a Switch exclusive for much longer. Grasshopper announced the Switch exclusive what's heading to PS4 and Steam at Momocon earlier this year. The complete edition hits both on the 17th. Bundled with bundled in our previously released downloadable content packs Black Dead Lion and Bubblegum Fatal, bringing in two new playable characters and a wardrobe of snazzy indie-inspired t-shirts. Hmm. Uh, for, uh, for a series that has been a Nintendo exclusive since its conception, it has come off of a bit of a pleasant surprise. Travis Strikes Again is the weird series outlier, mind taking a top-down beat-em-up perspective over the main entries, world, open-world slashing. Could this mean that No More Heroes 3 on PC? Will the rest of the series find light, and light of day on other systems? We can only hope. Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes launches on PS4 and Steam on October 17th. This looks interesting, dude. I'm not going to lie. looks... Oh, um, what is... No More, no More Heroes is interesting, to say the least. Uh, if, if, you haven't, if you haven't played it, I would, because it's a really, really, really cool game. I don't know if it's for everybody, because it's, you know... It's a genre. It's it's definitely hack and slash. And Travis Strikes Again was a very different game than the first. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a great game, and you should definitely give it a try. They, uh, yeah. So there you go. Travis Strikes Back: No More Heroes coming to PC and PS4 October. Um, I know this is this uh, next part is going to be a little bit of a different or a little bit of uh, sad news for some people, but uh, Spelunky 2 has been delayed until next year. Mossmouth doesn't think Spelunky 2 will be servicing this year. Derek Yu's planned second expedition needs a little bit more prep time. The proposed 2019 release date now looks like a no-go. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be going to get a release Spelunky Get to release Splunky 2 this year, you explained on his Twitter. Development is still going well, and we're not far off target, but the destiny and detail of the game is demanding more time. You explained, or you continued to explain why Mossmouth has been quite tight lipped upon Splunky 2 as of late. The team is all, is all quite busy, frankly, and they'll, be, and they'll spill the beans as soon as time allows. He did note one little change, however. I took in the feedback about the environments from the trailer, and while I still love the overall style, we've been adding more detail as well as increasing the contrast to make existing details pop. I took, er, uh, Splunky 2 looks to be more of that Splunkin' good stuff you know back from 2012 original. Mr. Splunky, his kid daughter, and more are diving back into treasure-laden caves. 
De Why the hell is his phone going off? <laughs> Sorry, folks. Uh, Deadly Lou. Deadly. Oh my god. Deadly. Deadly. Wow. Deadly new liquid physics. Mm -hmm. Multi dimensional caverns and other updates set oh to make this expedition more dangerous and lucrative than ever. I could not get the word deadly. I could not say the word deadly. Deadly lunicleds. Like, oh, I can't do it. Pisces. Deadly now required physics. Like, oh my god. Spooky 2 is likely coming to see PS4 sometime yeah, next god. year. Oh my god. Like, I just, I, I just had like a I'm mini stroke. Like, that phone set off something in my head. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm quite interested in what they're going to oh do with this. Oh my god. I'm not going to lie, it does look fairly updated. I would have actually been happy if they had kept the original look and just did some new, like, texture paletting and stuff like that. Like, that would have been nice. Like, I don't, yeah. we don't really need an updated look to the game. Just new things added to the game to make it new and interesting. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess, like... The they said that it's going to be relatively close, so maybe January, February of 2020. But uh, when we do actually get a release date for it, because I know a lot of you guys oh, yeah. love Splunky, um, I will definitely let you guys know. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So this was an interesting little read that I had. Um, so, uh, new DLC character Hero is only a couple weeks from his, into his time as a Smash Brothers fighter. The hero, this is Hero from Dragon Quest XI, by the way. This is the main character. But he's already gotten the Banhammer from the South Australian <laughs> Smash community. Hero from Dragon Quest was first revealed in full at the end of July and released as a Smash Brothers Ultimate DLC a little while afterwards. Hero's moveset has come under fire from pretty much the moment it was announced thanks to how his moves mimic the random chance aspect of the role-playing games from which he hails. One, art, one of Hero's specials, Command Selection, means he has to access a turn-based RPG-style menu that features four random attacks from a larger pool every time you trigger it. Viewed as worse by many, viewed as worse by many people who call it his critical hit mechanic, which is also represented of landing a crit in RPGs by having his smash attacks have a random chance to be more powerful. <laughs> To put it simply, Hero has a lot of random, unpredictable elements about him. One Smash Tournament organization, or organizing community has consulted with its players and has already decided to ban the character from eSports competition outright. After deliberating and plenty of discussion, we have, also, we have concluded that Hero's design as a character is fundamentally dependent on randomness to the point that it's not reasonable in a competitive environment. Uh, we want to emphasize that this ban is not because he's too strong, but because he's anti-competitive. We believe that tournaments are meant to provide an opportunity for players to demonstrate their skill, at, and that, as a general rule, player who play the uh, the player who plays more skillfully should emerge victorious. Hero's design has a very strong potential to de-emphasize player skill, which isn't fair to those who work hard to improve their abilities for a competition. For the most part, the reaction of the Smash community has been pretty split. On Twitter, some have reacted with incredu 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 
Mocking the South Australian organization for making this decision too soon before any major tournaments have taken place with Hero Playable. Others offer praise for for actioning the ban, saying it's easier to, to ban Hero now than to ban him in six months' time after players have put time and effort into practicing with the character. However, the community option settles on this matter. Bans aren't entirely unusual for Smash. Only a handful of 100-plus stages in Smash Ultimate are considered tournament legal for this very reason. Random chance stage hazards are considered unfair and anti-competitive. Much of Smash is random, of course. Characters like Peach and Mr. Game & Watch feature random elements, even if their moveset isn't built around them. And series boss Makihiro Sakurai has consistently said he doesn't design the game for serious competition. But it still broke records at EVO 2019 earlier this month. If the hero ban spreads to more tournament events, remains so to I be think seen. the big thing behind this um, is the same thing in any other regard to anything with RNG is that you can't plan a strategy for RNG unless there's a way to manipulate that RNG. Right. So it's the same thing in speedrunning. Right. A lot of times when there's something that's so RNG intensive, people just say, "Okay, I'm just gonna, you know, take that hit, or I'm gonna just let this happen so that I don't have to deal with the RNG," a- and that's you know, with this mm-hmm. type of type of game, you don't have that. If all of a sudden the RNG can make it so that right now this guy who you have against the ropes can just all of a sudden crit you and knock you out of the stage and you're done, like that's <laughs> from like oh he could also yeah. just barely tap for- you and not hardly do any damage at all. Like, I mean, how do you prepare right. for that? It, it, it's kind of a... yeah, exactly. So it's it's like saying like if you're on the if you're on the ledge and smash attacks you and you're at sixty five percent. You're not necessarily going to die, but the same scenario later on in the match, you're at sixty-five percent again, and he crit yeah. smashes you. Now you're dead. Like the scenario should be absolutely exactly. the same every single time. And I and I one hundred percent agree with this ban. I believe, like, what, like what you're saying, when you play against a character, you should know exactly, exactly. what to prepare for. So, like, if you if you sit down and you do all of the math, you sit down and you do all of the study. If you know that if you get tipped by Marth on the end and you're at 70%, you're, you're going to die. So once you hit X amount of damage, you should stay away from the ledges when fighting Marth. Where, like, fighting against Hero, it could be completely random. Where it's like, oh, I'm at 60%, I'm safe. Oh, wait, he crit smashed me, now I'm dead. Well, I didn't know that was coming. So how was I supposed to prepare for that? Knowing, do I have to always prepare for him to be able to crit? Oh, well, I played safer because he could have crit me. I wasn't aggressive because that was a possibility. Like, no, no, no. Um, and that's the reason why when you have, like they said, that there's like a hundred stages, only a small handful of those stages are legal. You know, and it's usually the stuff with like non-moving platforms and background stuff that doesn't do anything with Dreamland being, like, one of the very few exceptions. And because, like, the platforms don't move, and the stage is so huge, so it allows different play. You know, it was... It, the reason around, like, let's say, in in uh, in Brawl, when Meta Knight got banned, he got banned because he was too good. You know, Meta Knight was able to go, like, zero-to-death combos from the ledge pretty much every time. You know, because he had four jumps and an up B and a side B and a down B that were all recovery. Everything Meta Knight did 
was just stupidly overpowered. And then his and then his upbeat can tip? Are you fucking kidding? Seriously? So that's like that's why Meta Knight got bad because he was too good. Hero, on the other hand, will will and I feel that he really should get the ban is for the reasons I stated before. When a character will not react the same when something happens to you every time, you know, when Your two out of ten times getting smashed at sixty five percent means you're dead. Well, that means you're going to have to completely change the way that you play against the character at all times because of mm-hmm. random chance. I get what the character's about. I get the idea that he's supposed to be built around being an RPG character and that random things can happen. But that's not what fighting games are about. Fighting games are not about randomness. They're about knowing the characters, knowing the matchups, knowing what they can do. And then being able to play offensively, defensively, aggressive, playing in a turtle style, whatever, against specific characters. You have to know what they can do. And being random completely takes that out of the picture. So, One other thing. Well, yes, Smash is a fighting game. Fight me on that. Anyway. I know, Sakurai doesn't agree with me, but you know, whatever. Um... Oh, I was so excited to see this, and I'm really hoping that the thing. Uh, you remember the Dreamcast yeah, Brawler Power yeah. Stone? Its creator would love to bring it back. So would everyone else. It's safe to say that Capcom has a few fighting games in its roster, but <laughs> but who's still talking about the quirky 1990 Brawler Power, or 1999 Brawler Power Stone 20 years later on? Creator uh, Takeshi Tezuka, as Tezuka, as it happens. The producer signed. Uh, the producer joined designer Hideki Itsuno in chatting at the Guardian about how Power Stone shifted from a Street Fighter style punch up to its own beast, one that Tezuka feels is overdue for a 21st century comeback. People tweet requests for me to make another Power Stone, which I'd love to do if I got the chance. Tezuka told the Guardian, "It would be a particularly great fit for the Nintendo Switch." Uh, despite not being a breakout hit like its Capcom contemporaries. It sounds like Power Stone was ahead of its time. It understood the value of a colorful cast of bespoke characters and a multiplayer brawl long before Overwatch or Team Fortress, and dropped them into a Smash Brothers-style 3D arena full of weapons and power-ups. We aren't just aping, we just we aren't are just aping current trends or reiterating what had come before, and that has contributed to its lasting appeal. On a console as experimental as the Dreamcast, Power Stone was right at home. Could it find new life on equally weird I'm Nintendo Switch? I'm pretty sure Switch? that um, oh, I'm pretty sure it had an anime as well. It I'm might sure. have. I don't know about that. But oh my god, my brother, myself, and my wife when we had the Dreamcast, we played the fuck out of Power Stone. It was so much fun. And I don't want to say it was easy to play. I mean, there were intricacies to it that were like, hey, if you know how to do these particular things, you'll be a little bit better. But like, Joe Blow off the street can be like, hey, how do you play this game? Here's what these buttons do. Go do it. Okay. Oh, I can pick up this random chair and throw it at somebody? Oh, if I do something to this wall... Isn't that WCW versus NWO? Oh. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I, I can go Super Saiyan? Sweet! 
What do these little gems do? We'll pick them all up and find out. Yo, Super Saiyan, I'm shooting missiles and I'm a mech. Holy shit, this game's fucking awesome. So I, I, I've said enough about Power Stone. We need it. Indeed. Give us a give give us a Power Stone one and Power Stone two HD on the Switch. I'll buy it. And then questions. come out with Power Stone three. Actually, you know what? Even better, come out with the Power Stone collection be, with Power Stone three being the headliner for that shit. Make what? make it unlockables for Power Stone one and two from from playing Power Stone three. There you go. What what that guy over there saying? You see him over there? <laughs> you see him, Capcom? You see this guy over here? <laughs> yeah. Listen to that guy. That's what we need. We need Power Stone again because the game was godlike. Here I am so going from people. one great creator and talking about another, now I have to be negative Nancy. Nintendo appears to be more firmly putting its foot down on one particular avenue of piracy, game music uploads on YouTube. Uh, video game music has long sat in the sort of moral gray area. It's illegal to upload pieces of game soundtrack to the internet even if you aren't monetizing it. But for many years, a lot of gamer companies have been appeared to happy to look the other way. This has led to popular accounts with huge followings and hundreds of thousands, racking up tens of millions of views monthly. Even if the curators of these channels aren't profiting off this activity, it's still piracy, however. Yesterday, which was the 14th of August, this was one of my last week uh, articles, Nintendo set up a firm message. It isn't going to look the other way any longer. It issued hundreds of copyright strikes against one 342,000 subscriber channel, Gilva Sunner, while the other channel, Brawl Streams 3, was deleted from YouTube in its entirety. Game over, Gilva Sunner's operator tweeted, posting a screenshot of a string of copyright claims hit on their inbox simultaneously. Both channels have dueled with copyright claims before, but this marks the most significant purge to date. Accounts from fans online seem to suggest that Nintendo's copyright claim spree began with the company seeking to keep its soundtrack of the newly released Fire Emblem Three Houses off of YouTube, but then quickly expanded to be a general removal of Nintendo music uploads from the platform. The removal is still ongoing, with Gilvasunner's own, owner noting that videos are still being removed over 12 hours later. They started manually with most viewed content on the channel and are now going through the playlists one by one, I guess. Looking at the time of the claim, it seems that they're coming from Japan HQ. Brawlstream's channel specializes in uploading extended versions of game music for fans to play in the background while working or, or the like, taking a 3-minute Zelda track and looping it to be a 30 minutes long and so on. Fans of non-Nintendo games are in mourning, Excuse me, as the channel was also home to extended tracks from other publishers like Capcom, Sega, and Square Enix. However angry fans might get, Nintendo is well within their rights to do this especially given that many of the newer soundtracks for games like Fire Emblem are sold separately on CD, though admittedly Western fans are forced to import from Japan at a significant cost. Older game music isn't so readily available, however. If you want to listen to music of, say, Link to the Past, unauthorized game rips, or booting the original games are your only options. Nintendo has drawn its line in the sand as far as game music uploads are concerned, and that's fine. Hopefully now it follows the example set by the likes of Square Enix, Capcom, and CD Projekt and begin to make the soundtracks that have been stuck, stuck on YouTube more readily and legally available in the West via services like Spotify. Or even take a look at Sega, which is taken to occasionally uploading its music to its official channels as a promotional tool. This company has dabbled with it in the past. The Super Mario Odyssey soundtrack is available on iTunes, but fan is missing these YouTube channels, but hopefully a more consistent offering is to come. 
Alright, speaking as someone who did <laughs> YouTube a lot and still uploads to YouTube regularly, uh, let me just go over what's probably happening here. Yes, you're getting copyright claims, but the problem not deleting your videos, Nintendo's probably monetizing it for themselves. Meaning yep. you're actually upset that wah, I'm not getting I'm not getting money from somebody else's work. That is basically what you were doing. I I'm sorry, but it's true. Like you know, when they when they put a copyright claim on mine, as long as they're not like forcing, oh. more or less, most times what they do to me is they say you cannot monetize your video, and I'm fine with that because I don't monetize my videos because I used to be a partnered person who used to monetize videos, and then I said you know what. Why am I making people watch ads? I'm just a small person. I'm not that big. I'm more interested in people coming here to watch my content. So, when they go and say, well, you can't monetize that anymore, I'm like, okay, I'm fine with that. As long as you're not, you know, shoving your monetization onto it. Because if it's something that I'm Let's Playing, you don't own my voice. So, can I copyright claim against you then? Because, you know, claim on your claim? Because... You're trying to claim my voice, too, because that's mine. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? So when they just say, you can't monetize, I'm fine with that. It's when they actually go to say, we're going to monetize on your video, that I have a problem with it. So if that's the yeah. case, that you're actually upset, yet yeah, you can't get any more money from somebody else's work, then that's your own fault. But yeah. if it, they're going and pushing monetization claims on stuff that at least you went through the trouble of uploading, then, yeah, I can understand being upset about that a little bit. Yes. Yeah, it, the unfortunate <laughs> part of this is it doesn't. It doesn't look like that's what Nintendo is doing. It looks like it's straight out just blocking these videos. Where it's like, if uh -huh. you, if you like zoom in on like the YouTube copyright claims, it just straight up says that your video's been blocked. Oh. So it's like, yeah. So it's like Nintendo is just straight up making it so that like you know you can't even like they're not being monetized. They're just straight out being blocked. It looks like it's mostly popular like popular uh, games. Super Smash yeah, Bros., Super Zelda. Mario Bros., Super Mario Sunshine, Kirby Superstar Yoshi's All Fire Emblem, Super Smash Bros. 3DS. You know, m most of it is yep. popular games as well. So again, like... Yeah. But, um... Uh, I really want to be upset about this. I really do. But I can't. No. Because it's Nintendo's right to do yep. this, you know. And basically, like the article said, you know, I'm gonna just I'm, I'm gonna put this out there, and I'm gonna just move on to my next article. Mm -hmm. uh, Nintendo, here's the thing. All right, I love you as a company. I have been a Nintendo fanboy since I was old enough to pick up my first Nintendo controller. Yeah. Uh, four years old, I remember playing my first Nintendo game. All right, I was playing Super Mario Brothers with. Actually, my first Nintendo game was The Legend of Zelda, but I digress. I have been a Nintendo fanboy my entire life. Have I owned other systems? Yes. But have I have I wanted your consoles more than any of the others? Abso-freaking-lutely. Yep. You know? You don't have when, bad or want a Switch right now? <laughs> yeah. When I got my tax return this year, the very first thing I did was go out and I bought a Switch and I bought a whole bunch of games. I mean, you are really good at one thing, and you are really, you are really good at making amazing music to go along with your amazing games. Okay, and I understand 
that being able to go to go through these processes and get rid of all of these soundtracks on YouTube is your right, absolutely. But you do need to make this stuff available to us somehow, you know. And if I want to listen to the Ocarina of, Ta- of Time soundtrack, it absolutely needs to be available to, to me in some way that I have access to. So, but see, we're also in the in the time now where you should be paying for that. Yeah, absolutely, and I I agree. I, I agree that if like if you put up like let's say the the Ocarina of Time soundtrack for like nine bucks, absolutely. I just want to be able to access it whenever I want to access it, which is what these YouTube channels were really about. They were never about making money. Mm-hmm. They were never about taking away from your yeah. games. You know what? A lot of times, where if I would be like sitting and listening to some random video game, because every once in a while I'll turn on like a video game. Uh, audio stream on my phone on my way to work and a game will come up and I'm like man I forgot about that game I really like this maybe I'll go you know find a copy of it somewhere mm-hmm. I don't think that these channels were really hurting you guys it was free advertisement yeah and again like you know? like I said if they were trying to if they're upset about monetization then I'm not I don't, I don't really have much you know, uh, yeah. I don't feel bad for you, but if it's they're they're literally uploading it just so people can listen, and they were like like you said, he's being blocked outright just because he's mm-hmm. letting people listen to it for free. Then that that's to me doesn't really make sense at all. Yeah, and and like listening to these musics makes me want to go back and play exactly. these games again. Go makes me want to buy these games mm-hmm. again. You know how many times that I bought Ocarina of Time? Like, come on. Enough times that I played it on three different consoles, so it's like I, I understand that this is your right, and I do not begrudge you on this. But make sure that you make it so that we can still enjoy these things in some fashion. So that's all I got to say about that. So uh, last last little article here, and I'm actually really excited over, over this. A uh, Switch gamepad straight out of 1992 has been spotted on the FCC's wireless hardware filing site. Uh, Resetera user Link83 quietly posted a link to a familiar-looking FCC filing. Uh, An FCC filing is an um, online signature of any wireless product registered with the United States Federal Communications Commission. The filing shows an outline of the back of an SNES pad. The Telltale uh, HAC042 imprint donates that it's a piece of Switch hardware with a few changes. It's flaunting Bluetooth wireless connectivity for one. No more kneeling right next to the telly. Link83 also speculates that it's some uh, anomalous designs along the top edge. New shoulder buttons or a Switch connection rail will let you decide. Could this also herald the arrival of SNES games on Nintendo Online? Subscribers already get free NES games every month through the service, so there's an equally retro Switch pad to play them on. The Switch service's first year will soon wrap up. Would some Super Nintendo classics convince you to sign up for another 12 oh, months? Oh, yeah. I don't, yes, I don't even have the fucking thing, and I'd sign up for it. Fuck. 100%. <laughs> if you said, oh, by the way, we're putting out a, Switch, we're putting out a Super Nintendo controller... And along with that, here's a new library of Nintendo Online games that are SNES games. You are damn 
straight I'd buy another 12 months. Are you kidding me? Abso goddamn lootly. And like, just, just, and, and, and top it all off, there's probably not gonna be any Joy-Con drift on it. If anything, they might throw an analog stick or two under for us, which will, again, make us want to go masturbate in the corner, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. <coughs> and just release this alongside Super Nintendo games on release Switch. Release the hounds. And, and make money. Just just print money with these controllers. <laughs> That's all you gotta do. Make these controllers, and then you're gonna be able to Scrooge McDuck into your shoot fault of money because guys like me and guys like Stefan are going to be like, Oh, I gotta go get and it. I'll be like, man, next thing I need is a switch. <laughs> it's a switch. <laughs> hey, N- hey, Nintendo. Hey, it's another week and it's another podcast. <laughs> and I heard you got doorstops. I heard they're switches. There's a certain guy who needs a switch. They're like, no, nah, we wouldn't you know use a switch saying? as a doorstop. We're just using an N64. And hey, I heard that you're taking in older models and giving them new models. So some of those older models may just sit around and not do anything. That's true. (laughs) It gets you on something there. I like like your thinking. Right? See? You're going to have a whole bunch of older models. Just saying. So, anyway, that'll do it for my section of the podcast. So I will throw it over to you, Stefan. All right. Well... This week we have some world recording to go through. We missed it the last week. Mm-hmm. Alright, so it's a nice little list here. We got some uh, different types of games for a change. Uh, a very, very. What? No, no, Mappy Land. No, Mappy Land. Alright, our Damn. first one is Rescue the Embassy Mission Any Percent in 1 minute 17 sec- seconds by Con Anaphone. Ring, 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 canana phone. Uh, next up <laughs> is Track and Field Single Player, 7 minutes, 9.02 seconds by PGH Guitar Guy. A lot of kidding on your hands and knees. <laughs> next is a game that I was in the middle of starting to learn Uh-oh. called Uh-oh. Nuts and Milk. And a lot of people are all oh like, fuck, God. what the fuck is that? It's actually a fun oh. game when you start playing it, and it's hard. But, yes, 50 is. stages, completed game A, 15 minutes, 25 seconds, and I know it's been a while since someone's beat that world record. So congratulations, I-48B, on that world record. That's pretty awesome. I'm coming for you. I, I, remember, I remember a couple months back, you know, I was just doing like a random NES stream, and you're like, hey, you should play uh, nuts, or, or, or nuts and Milk, and I'm like, the fuck is that? And then I started playing, and I'm like, addictive. this is this is Renegade-level fury. <laughs> God damn it. Because the game's hard. Oh, yeah, it's, really it's definitely hard. hard. Uh, up next, we have uh, Yukai Club, any percent, at 18 minutes, 14 seconds, by the Motherbrain86. Uh, next is Bad News Baseball, any percent, in 8 minutes, 28 seconds by uh, Brother Adams. Next is Labyrinth for the Famicom, any percent, 25 minutes, 8 seconds by Stormcrow 56K. Uh, Spot the Video Game, any percent, in 16.5 seconds by Apollo 22237. Wait. What? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so spot, spot. The game is. It's kind of like Bello, yes. where the idea is that you switch the pieces yep. around. 
So, like, doing it in 16 seconds means he just beat the game in, like, two minutes. Yeah. So, makes sense. Alright, up next is a kind of cool one. Contra Category Extension. Fire Only. 14 minutes, 18 Ooh. seconds by Nick B. Dohern. The next one is two world records and one, uh, well, of the same game, I should say. Jumbo, Ozaki, no hole, and one professional. Both being stroke play. East course at 8 minutes, 53 seconds by Mamaru339. The second world record is West course, 9 minutes, 16 seconds by the same person, Mamaru339. Next up is Caesar's Palace, uh, uh, best ending in 40.94 seconds by Sin. Uh, next, we have Marble Madness, any percent the long way. What are you giggling at? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm just thinking of like that world record for Caesar's Palace. 40 seconds. He just went in, swiped all the checks off of the uh, the, the roulette table, just ran. That's all, That's all I did, yeah. He just Ocean's <laughs> just, 11 then. Yep. Uh, <laughs> all right, good, good. Marble Madness, any percent the long way. Uh, 2 minutes, 49.455 seconds by Yale's Rake. Uh, Tubin any percent nine minutes thirty nine seconds by Zorilla thirty three. Next we have two uh, world records for Bell Chess. Uh, the first one is two D and forty six point seven eight three seconds by She's Chardcore. The second being three D in three minutes twenty three seconds twenty three point seven five seconds by She's Chardcore. Uh, next up, we have The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, any percent uh, NTSCJ, at 10 minutes 58 seconds, by Petroform. Next is Bases Loaded 2, second season, win a game in 14 minutes 10 seconds, by Raydude. Uh, and our last game is Orb 3D, any percent, in 42 minutes 29 seconds, by Ness Cardinality. Congratulations to all of the new world record holders. Indeed. All right. Is it time, though? Is it time? I think it's time. <laughs> I think it's time for my favorite portion of the podcast, your favorite portion of the podcast. It's everybody's favorite portion of the podcast. It's the Steam queue. Mm. Yeah! Oh, baby. I, 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 feel, I feel we got a good one coming on this week. I don't know. Like, I, I just feel it. All right. Well, let's have a look. Let's let's do this. It's been a while since I, I, I don't think I played any games this week. Undermine. So far, I kind of like the graphics. Very spelunky like, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Right. Oh. Uh, is this Binding of Isaac? Oh, he cooked the meat and got. Oh, okay, that's cool. No. Oh. This looks pretty cool. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, now you're on fire, dude. Oh, and you lose everything. Oh, but your bird took a bag of money for you. What a fucking nice bird you got. That sounds right. Slime steal your money, too? Okay. Yeah, I can see this game being awesome and aggravating. Can't wait to play right. it. Right. <laughs> whoa! Yeah, right. Did you see that? He fucking boomerang this fucking pickaxe? Oh, shit. Shit. Was that Resner? Was <laughs> that Resner? <laughs> Look at it. Might as well. They're just not on platforms. Yeah, They're flying now. Four, yeah, and, four dragons on the platform. And you gotta fight a giant gatling. Yeah. Okay, this game yeah, looks fucking yeah. awesome, dude. Yeah, it does. God damn. Like, what is that? Can you get a slime pit? To- oh, this is so interesting! 
hell? Dude, yes. this looks so good. Jumping looks a little derpy, but other than that, it looks like it's a fun as fuck game. Oh, hmm. that's nice. Oh, yes, I'm adding to my wishes. Oh! Hell oh, yeah. stuff coming out! Oh! Oh, look at the glow! Oh, I want to. Oh. oh my god. This came out like five that's days ago. Stuff. Yeah, worth it. How much yes. is this? Fifteen seventy-four. Ten percent off right now. Fifteen seventy-four Canadian. So you're looking at like twelve ninety-nine, eleven ninety-nine for you yeah, guys. That's not too bad. Yeah, that's not bad at all. No, that's actually very well. And, that, and yeah. this is a brand new game. This it looks good and it's priced well. Good, good job. Mm -hmm. Up next we have Flowscape. Hold on now. Flowscape can create your own nature scene simply by painting. Just turn on the landscape to 300 miles create your own little paradise by painting trees. Okay, this is kind of interesting. Adding sound effects and adjusting your camera for that perfect photo. Hmm. What do you do? Looks like you literally just make landscapes. Just, just make a landscape yeah. and that's it? Alright. I know some people might not find that interesting. Oh, that's kind of cool, actually. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's anything that I would particularly do myself. Uh, I probably would. I'm a fucking nerd, dude. It definitely looks nice. To me, this looks like awesomeness. This is like this is like a Windows background creator. Pretty much, but I mean, again, it's still fine. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! That's a lot of rabbits, guys. Jesus Christ, superstar! That's too many deer. What are you gonna? Well, that one was jumbo. Come on now. It looks like my backyard. <laughs> With like eighteen deer just standing around minding their own fucking business, <laughs> doing whatever the hell they want. It's like my backyard. There's like a billion deer in my development, and they just do not give a shit. That okay, that's cool. You can make castles and stuff. Okay. Oh, oh and a drag. Okay. okay, Scott, this is fucking cool, man. So as I was saying, Flowscape actually looks like something I would play. I like the fact that I could do uh, castles and a dragon and all this other crazy shit. Yeah. That, that's pretty awesome looking. I, I really, that's, really like that. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. <coughs> Alright, so let's go to our next one in queue, and let's hope that the, the video doesn't fucking shit the bed again. Spyro Reignited Trilogy. I've wanted this uh, as well. We've already talked about this in yeah. the... Uh, yes, we did. In the uh, podcast before, so... Yeah. Yep. Apparently, these guys... Uh, Activision are going to be trying to do as many of their games as possible, so we're expecting the Tony Hawk soon. But yeah, I, I actually enjoyed Spyro the little bit that I've played of it, so I'd give the, the trilogy a go. Yep. Anodyne 2, Return to Dust. This just came out. Indie RPG Exploration Platformer. Okay, this is... Oh, so small. Oh, whoa, these are old school looking graphics too. Like yeah, PS1 yeah. style, but like yeah, fast and say. more uh, distance. Whoa, what? Definitely got some PS1 graphics going on here. He turned. What the fuck? Right? He just turned into a god. What is this? What is this? No, no, what is you? Why would you do that to me? You? Yeah, well, give me the fucking 8 bitch. I want to know what's going on here, man. And then you go back to PlayStation. I'm not. Whoa! Someone's calling. <laughs> How do you go from something that's like so graphically like meh as like these PS1 graphics? 
Honestly, I, I find it a little bit charming for the PS1 guy. Because like I said, at least it has the distance that the PS1 didn't. And I'm really excited about what's this 8-bit fucking aspect that they have to it. Yeah. It looks like it's a puzzler part of it. It's like Zelda-esque stuff to it. Like yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting, I must say. This is kind of cool. I would definitely, yeah, I'm adding this to my wish list for sure. I would definitely play that. Apparently the entire series is on Steam, so, I mean, obviously there's a first one. They've done well enough to do in the second, so. Yeah. Pumpkin Days. Traditional farming RPG in one of two towns while farming, fishing, mining, and much more. Where your quiet life may come to an end if the toxic Jack's core is allowed to build its factory. Everyone just jumped on the Stardew Valley train. That, that's yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that it doesn't have its own stuff. It doesn't have its own style and everything. But again, my time of Porsche has done a similar thing as well. Uh, you know, it's just a lot of people seem to be doing this farming, harvest man, Stardew Valley simulator type thing. So I'm kind of over it. Yep. Well. Of other people doing it. I'm not over yes. Stardew Valley. Yeah, yeah. Man, by the way. <laughs> hey, football. Uh, I would probably play this, but... The, the soccer game that I enjoyed the most growing up was for Sega Genesis, so... Damn, the FIFA games? Yeah, so I've never played any of the FIFA games. Ah, no, what the fuck? Did he... What? Did he just do it with his leg? There's no way his leg could go like that. Whoa, well, that's Lionel Messi, my dude. He can do fucking anything. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that guy. That's, that's messy, man. Yeah, he's messy, man. Look at him. He's a shower and a haircut. Some Lionel is his first name, I think. Uh, oh, Windows Activate. Get. Messi, I was wondering when this Lionel. was going to happen. Get the fuck out, man. Super Windows activating stuff in my face. Get here. Alright. Not something I would play, but nothing that I would say no to. Ooh, Monkey King Hero is back. What is this? Is this like a game about. Is this a game on Monkey King? Well, maybe we'll find out. Oh, I hope so. On, show us game. I want to see. <coughs> I want to see Sun Wukong. Oh, I don't think it is. Just show me this. Uh, show me Sun Wukong. Monkey King Hero is back. Oh, what? There it is. Sun Wukong. I don't think it's the one I'm thinking of, though. Like, it doesn't look bad, but it's not what I was expecting either. I know exactly what you're thinking of. I mean, it's, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely Sun Wukong. Jesus. Alright. Right. <sighs> Rockman, please. I'm, I... 
sorry, Stefan, I really like this. Uh, again, it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to ignore it, but I'm not going to add to my wish list. I'm kind of like indifferent about it. I really like this sort of stuff. Like the, the, the Monkey King, Son Wukong adventures, and oh, yeah. like the live action one. I really like the. Okay, what is what is this? I'm sorry, uh, visual novel. Uh, uh, I apologize, but ignore. Oh, uh, yeah. No. Vicious Circle FPS multiplayer. Rooster Teeth game circus, but uh, not yeah. into FPS games. Raiders of the Lost Island. What the f? Island's slowly sinking, so you have to like get treasures and like build Not your high. boat before it sinks. But it's like a like a live action board game. Kinda, yeah, that's what it seems like, yeah. Like obviously there's traps and other things that can happen, or you can fight each other, yeah, it looks like so. I I thought this was gonna be <coughs> excuse me guys. Again, I'm not going to ignore it, but I'm not going to add to my wish list. I, by, by the title, I thought it was going to be like an Indiana Jones sort of thing, but I don't think it is. What is this? Uh, gravity? It's just some sort of like... God, I've seen so many games like this recently. Yeah. I guess people are getting more into like... The, the asteroids kind of yeah game. but with more exploration and stuff yeah to it as well right so definitely see a lot yeah not my type of thing Ugh. yeah never give up okay never give up <laughs> so is this kind of like a Super Meat Boy? Yeah, and they're already coming out with a Super Meat Boy too, so it's like, yeah, and then there's like Bloody Trapland, and there's a lot of yeah, games this like is, this. This is, super, this is Super Meat Boy with a new skin. So, unfortunately, that is the end of our Discovery queue for this week. That's alright, we're coming up to our indie and retro news. Mm -hmm. Provided by IndieRetroNews.com Alright, so, we got the kind of stuff that <coughs> Scott absolutely enjoys. Uh, we're starting off with Invia, an in-development Amiga shoot-em-up, and we can't wait. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, kind of has that, like, that chip from, uh, looks like from the one from Zero Wing. Oh, no, wait, I haven't gotten to that. Oh, I left that thing open. My bad. Oh, oh. Anyways, well, okay, we're starting out with Kung Fu Master. Jesus Christ. Uh, Kung Fu Master, upcoming Amiga conversion of a classic arcade game. Alright, so they're already hinting to another game that we're going to be looking at. Diablo wasn't the only game that may come to the Amiga in a fully playable state. Thanks to a heads up by Per Ola, uh, he let us know that Kung Fu Master is being ported to the Amiga by Seco, a game which appeared in the 1980s in the arcades and was later released on many different systems, including the Atari 2600 and 7800, Damstrad, CPC, Apple II, Commodore 64, NES and Famicom, MSX, and even the ZX Spectrum. So let's see what the test demo looks like. Yes, for those of you that don't know what this is, Kung Fu Master was uh, the arcade version 
from IRAM. Of Kung Fu. That, of Kung Fu, which was like one of the original black box NES games. So this was the arcade version of it, which came first. Yeah. This actually doesn't look terrible. Oh shit. Yeah, Looks okay, pretty okay. much. Double, oh, oh, watch out. Yeah, I mean, pretty much like just like the arcade version. I really want to hug you. Hug you. Oh, he didn't take any damage from that knife. Oh, neither he didn't get yeah, that grazes. Oh, cheaty, cheaty face. Cheaty <laughs> that grazes angle. <laughs> According to All Eden of Amiga France, Kung Fu Master is being written in Blitz Basic. It's a game that was originally released in '84 by Irem Arcade and has been covered on many 8-bit systems. Furthermore, not only is it considered by many as the first real beat-em-up of all-time history, this Amiga version does not only use the assets of the arcade version, but it will be an ongoing project viewable on the EAD forums. So that's kind of cool. It looks like it runs well, and I guess, I don't know if the knife thing was just, you know, it's not programmed in yet or something, but for a test demo, it looked pretty good. It ran fairly fast. Looked, Scott. I mean, looked pretty, pretty close to the arcade version. So yeah. All right. Next up, here we go. Diablo. Could this hellish classic become to the Amiga and as an unofficial port? I got. I have to see it in action. E yeah. I, I oh. I, I just skipped it all. That's good stuff right there. All right. Loading times, jeez. This is like the PlayStation. Well, version. I mean, hey, it's the Amiga. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, well, the PlayStation version had loading. Exactly the same. It was like, like, hey, like, you got, you, you got spoiled by the PlayStation version, and then you go to play the, uh, play the PC version. You're like, oh man, why does everybody walk so slow? Jesus, it actually looks like it man, runs pretty actually. good. Look like it's terrible. Yeah, it looks like it runs as fast as it do on PC. <laughs> um, it looks like its frame rate is slightly less than the PC version. But I want to see combat. That's what I want to see. I want to mm -hmm. see like how like how fast combat looks because that's important. Because well, let's give it the, speed of, the, the speed of Diablo combat is essential. Go to your firebolt spell, jeez. What would you go to staff recharge? I don't care to see staff recharge. Alright. Oh, that's not too bad. You're on staff recharge. You, stop. Stop it. You firebolt. <laughs> no, I don't want bolt, to. <laughs> look, I, I want to see what the spells look like. It's like so far graphically, it doesn't look bad. No, man, not at all. Well, well wow! Something just, oh, it, there you go. There you go. It actually doesn't look bad. No, I mean, wow. obviously, it's gonna have the longer load times because it's on the Amiga. Oh, yeah, but yeah. I mean, otherwise, it looks like it runs pretty fucking quick. 
damn man that's gonna be f pretty awesome for the I guess Amiga community because they're just gonna have a right. Diablo to play now <laughs> alright well that's I'm I'm I am fairly impressed Alright, so according to Solo, who sent the email, uh, he told us or at the Indie Retro News, uh, there's been progress to try to port Diablo for Amiga systems, both Classic 68K and Warp OS, and NG Amiga OS 4, Morph OS, AROS. <laughs> Furthermore, he also told us in regards to the actual development, it's based on Devolution X open source engine as well as... Uh, as well as working dungeons in this current build. And that's all they know so far. Ooh. I would love to see how the Amiga... Oh, wow, he's just spamming it. I would love to see how the Amiga can handle levels, like Diablo's level, where there's, like, fucking 6,000 dudes on the screen at one time. Yeah. Like, I, you and I have experienced that. We've played enough Diablo together. Yeah. Like, we know exactly what happens down there. So it's like, when there's, like... 30 enemies on the screen and they're all shooting fireballs crap like that. That's how I want to see if how we can handle that. But otherwise, like, just what they're showing us here, it looks really impressive. Yeah. It doesn't look bad at all. Alright, so next up we have Here Be Dragons, a satirical turn-based strategy game available through Early Access. Ooh. 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 Alright. We got let's red zero games. All right, this is interesting. Let's see. Let's see what you got for us, red zero games. Okay. October twelfth, fourteen ninety two. Oh, is this a, like a don't starve together kind of thing? Oh, this is the three hours. Oh. This is whoa, 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 whoa! This is Columbus going back to Spain. <laughs> Do you like the rewind, guys? <laughs> yeah, right. Holy shit. Oh, God. Y'all, you, you you're bombing those mermen. This is, this is... What the fuck is going on? Holy shit. Bombing merfolk in the All Pacific? Right. So, whoa. What's going on here? Okay, so this is... Not what I was expecting. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What is... What is all this with the numbers and such? Oh, this looks pretty- Oh, I can see boobs! I'm sorry! They're game boobs. Get over it. Was that- Was that an RPG? <sighs> That's what it kind of looks like. Was that an RPG? <laughs> Steam, iOS, and Android. Uh, alright, so, um... The latest game on Steam, which as of the moment is still in early access, is a satirical turn-based strategy game featuring unique living map graphics where you lead a group of praise captains and eradicate legendary monsters in order to allow Christopher Columbus the discovery of the new world. If you're looking for a humorous game whereby it's both serious but still tongue-in-cheek, then Here Be Dragons might just be the game for you. Features an original dice activation system to attack enemies, heal your crew, and fleet upgrades. Collectible ink and usable errata to turn the tide of a battle, an ancient living map full of dangerous creatures such as leviathans and krakens, and finally, all of this with inclusive satire, oddballs, and weirdos traversing your voyage set by the world of the strange and unknown inn. Here be dragons. Uh, I thought that looked pretty good. 
it's not out yet. I would actually give this a go. Um, I think I would enjoy this, and I think I know someone who's going to probably end up playing this. And I would say that would be Mr. Eliza Burr. This seems like something he would actually be good at, and with it, be it being a dice game, I'm surprised you didn't like. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually I, I was ju- I was literally just looking. Yeah. Yeah. On Google Play, it's not up yet. Yeah, it actually has a kind of the, uh, a more colored feel uh, of Guild of Dungeoneering. Guild of yeah. Dungeoneering was very white paper and pencil kind of thing. This seems like it has a little bit more color to it, but still on the same lines and, you know, graphic style, which is still kind of nice. Yeah, I definitely gotta remember gotta remember that a little later. Oh yeah, I'm that sure uh, we'll be seeing it again, uh, whether through the queue or another story, or maybe even updates through Indie Retro News himself, so... Early access out on Steam right now, so that's pretty cool. All right, so right now you can go and download yourself a copy of Chopper Command for the C64. That's right. Oh yeah. They finally released Chopper uh, Command for the C64. Uh, it was a port from the Atari 2600, and uh, we were looking at it before, and it, it looked like it ran exactly as you would expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something I'm going to have to ask any is, is if the music we use is royalty free or not, because otherwise yeah. I, can, I can use it. Because they usually have some pretty cool uh, little intros for, for their videos and stuff. Yeah, this runs so smoothly, dude. This looks so good. Mm-hmm. I would almost yeah, say it, it probably might even look better than the Atari 2600 version. I don't think you had that much detail in your helicopter, did you? Yeah, I don't think so. Which is kind of cool. I remember, I remember playing this. Oh yeah. Uh, why did you run into it? <laughs> I didn't fucking try. <laughs> I wasn't trying to. God. Saw someone streaming it and it looks good. Oh wow, people are already streaming this too. That's really awesome. Yeah, the communities behind the really old uh, retro computing systems like that are are pretty big. And a lot of these, a lot of these like bird first camel games are like pretty popular. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> oh, wow, uh, there's there's the old, uh... Mm-hmm. The old ad that they used to have. Yep. You've got the guts, it. we've got the game. We've got, we've Activision's got Chopper, Chopper Command. Command! Video game cartridge for the Atari 2600 Entertainment System. <laughs> oh, sorry, for the Atari 2600 video computer system. It's got high-speed, <laughs> fast-firing choppers, long-range radar, truck convoys, and plenty of shoot 'em up gut-busting, dog-fighting action. Question is, mister, what have you got? Activision, <laughs> we put you in the game. Oh, that was fun. They really, they really <laughs> could hire you, man. Dude, I'll do it. alright this I I was very interested in looking at Melisombra eye candy NES titled announced by 4 megahertz this looks fucking nice I didn't look to see there is no video there's the the, the screenshots it looks gorgeous it looks like it's platformer based so it's probably going to be awesome. 4 Megahertz has been one of the favorite Amstrad publishers, releasing fabulous games such as Operation Alexander and even the last treasure of 
Oh god, qua Ooh. oh my god, that fucking word right there. Quamtamach. Sadly, however, a game we previously thought was coming to the Amstrad isn't, as thanks to a heads up on our Twitter feed, the rather eye-opening Malasambra has been actually announced as coming to the NES. Yes, that's right, one of our most eagerly awaited Amstrad games will now be releasing on the NES, complete with high-quality detail, fabulous sound, and hopefully, as you put it, uh, as an NES masterpiece. It looks looks like one. Yeah. I mean, like, visually, it looks beautiful. It really does. I love the, the colors, the backgrounds, like, you're mm. giving good depth to the game. Even just, like... The treasure box gives me, like, a nostalgic feel. Right? It gives me, like, that, man, that looks like an iron sword treasure box. Right? What's in it? I don't know. Oh, shit in boots? There. I don't know. <laughs> As noted by the description, Malasambra is a new video game development by the 4 megahertz team for the NES video game console. Set in legends and fairy tales, it presents an epic adventure with an exciting story where nothing is what it seems. Ooh. Sounds very little Nemo. Mm-hmm. An ambitious project programmed in C and Assembler, carefully designed to be published in digital format and cartridge. It is being developed by a team of greats such as uh, Javier, Javier Garcia Navarro, Daniel Salomon, Rafa Castillo, and Juan Esteban Olmo. And McLean! And McLean! McClain. Alright, so... Yeah, uh, very, very much looking forward to new updates on this. L- looking forward to a possible Kickstarter or something. I, I want to see this in actual and cartridge form, please. Uh, they are doing a cartridge form. Oh, is it in? Is it on their site? It's, I'm, I actually went to their site, and they are going to be doing uh, an NES cartridge for it. Yay! Oh, oh my god! Oh, <laughs> look at that! It looks like a real ad for it too. Like you'd seen it. Oh, I know, right? I know, right? Oh, oh, guys! Really what are? Oh my god, man! Oh, it's actually releasing for the NES. Yeah, this period. Okay. So cool. Yeah. All right. Alright, so I'm in a beautiful and distant realm, the celebration of a royal wedding between Astrid, the princess of the kingdom, and Piro, a young magician's apprentice, is truncated by the er- eruption of Malasambra, a sorcerer who presents the king for condemning him to exile long ago because of his perfidious advice. Jesus, someone really put the... the, the they went to a dictionary and the source, and they're like, we're fucking making this, we're gonna... Anyways, Malasambra turned everyone present into a toad except Piro, who managed to repel the spell with his lush magician's apprentice wand. Excuse me, lush? And kidnapped Astrid as revenge for so many years of penance and exile. Piro could not leave things like this, so he set about desperately looking for a way to recover his beloved. <sighs> oh, and they're actually doing NTSC and PAL versions. Good job, guys. That's awesome. Yeah, it looks. Actually, looks they actually, they have. Amazing. They do have some gameplay on YouTube. Looks really good. What? I mean, you get you get like screen flicker because they're just showing it to play off like a CRT. Uh, but okay. I'm gonna wait for an official trailer because yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh man. Okay, so let's move forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Wonder Girl in Monster Place. An updated Amiga game teased by Moya. <laughs> Alright, let's just have a look at the video here first. That, uh, that title. I'm gonna... Um, Monster Girl in... Er, Wonder Girl in Monster Place. Work in progress title. Uh, <laughs> it has to be, because if that's the actual... Oh, it is. It actually does say Work in Progress title. Yeah. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Are they gonna... Uh, 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 oh, wow. It's slow, though. Damn. Oh we just watched God. Diablo being played in a much faster rate. Wow. So you, you gotta try and speed this up a lot more. Also, what is her walking pattern? Yeah, it looks a little strange. No, no one shuffles like that. Yeah, no, Moya, you're gonna have to just Mortal Kombat. Hey, excuse characters. me. Uh, what? Uh, Stefan. What? What? I don't know why she turned into a large dude while going. What? What? This is very strange. Again, it is a work in progress. Well, at least the title is, anyways. But I think more work needs to be done on the game too. I'm I'm hoping that you're going to fix some of that because, like, these animations are strange. Where you turn into this dude going down the ladder is very weird. It seems like it's almost like a, a piece of code that's been taken from a different game for some reason. Oh god, the transition there is so like instantaneously. Like they should have like almost an animation. Alright, well there's a lot to this, so let's just get closer to the end here and see if maybe something's been updated. Nope. It's still herky gurky and slow. And weird shuffly legs. They don't move one after the other, they just kinda shuffle forward somehow. It does look like Wonder Boy, but it, it, there's a lot of things about it that's strange. Alright, so. <clears throat> uh, it's an action platformer developed using Backbone, and it starts a character resembling Jill of the Jungle, which pits you against multiple enemies, including sword welding, wielding skeleton foes. Uh, according to Moy, she wanted her character to be someone who she, she could cosplay to help promote the game, hence being blonde and green and resemblance above. When it comes to the actual game, however, although it was developed using background, which suffers really badly in performance, currently there's a lack of music and sound. We can tell Moy and friend have put a lot of effort right, into early tease. That is true. It, I mean, like, nope. don't get me wrong, the enemies look good, and, like, the backgrounds and the, the levels look good. It's just, like, it needs some refining. Which is, I guess, what they're saying as well. So maybe they need to switch their engines over. That's what I would suggest more than anything else. Apparently, Scott lost me in the call. There we go. Here we now. Yep. What the? Okay, fuck, we're good, man. I'm telling you, like, oh, there's so many things bad happening, and I'm scared. I'm probably going to have to do, like, a whole new fucking, like... Could you guys, uh, not hear me? 
Stefan, you can't hear. I think I could. Yeah, I think they could still hear you, so. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, they could hear you. Okay, you can hear us both. Which was the important part. Jesus. Uh... <sighs> Anyways, yeah, I think a, a lot needs anyway. to be done to make this game more fun. So I think they're on a good yeah. start, but I think they're going to have to change their um, engines. Because backbone, if it suffers in performance, then that's why we're getting that slowness, and maybe they're even limited on being able to make a walk animation because of that. So right, which is, I think for something like for an adventure sort of game like that, like just your basic character walk animation is kind of important. yeah, it yeah it is yeah all right. Anyway. So, our next game is the Rescue Expedition, an upcoming Atari 8-bit action platformer accepting pre-orders for the Atari XLXE. Take a look. Oh, good. It gives you some tips and stuff at the very start. That's also good. I like that. On the old Atari, uh, classic arcade games when they used to do that stuff. And that's usually all they needed was one screen to tell you, like, yeah, this if you do this, you're going to die. <laughs> Play you know what? This is actually kind of cool. I'm not gonna lie. I'm 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 liking this. Oh what? Can you get up on the lid? No. You go fucking Spider-Man that shit, man. Oh, you just went through the platform. You didn't even care, did you? Watch out for spikes! Oh, I knew it. You were gonna get it, man. Oh shit! Those are some big ass spiders. They weren't there before, were they? Or not. <laughs> well, that looks like some fucking Star Fox spiders yeah. there. Dead him, dead him, dead him. Damn. Why you going so, so far, this is actually kind of cool looking. Yeah, I'm kind of interested in the next screen. It's good. No, who cares about that one? Oh, God! So red. Oh, God. Why is it so, like, bloody down there? What's, what's going on? It's, it's like fog. Holy fog. Million. Millions of dead people. Probably. Apparently, that one. Did, oh, he's a skeleton. No wonder. He, oh, when you go down. It, oh, okay. Okay. All right. So now what? Oh. Whoa! 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 Okay, so you can climb on that ground. Apparently. Oh, interesting. Oh, wait. What? Is he gonna try to glitch out of the level? You can't go showing people how to speedrun this already, man. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Alright, so that was kinda cool, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Alright. 
Apparently, Gorf and Retronics Publishing, action-packed platformer of the Rescue Expedition, is now ready for pre-orders priced at uh, $49 US for a collector's boxed edition. Orders can be placed at the email address right here. This one. I'm sorry. Or orders at Retronics at .eu. So the stock is exhausted as there is a limited run of 100 copies. Wow. Oh, wow. So, good luck getting a copy, guys. Yes, indeed, if you're yeah, looking okay. for a decent-looking platform in your Atari 8-bit, then you'll be pleased to know the Rescue Expedition doesn't just feature 48 challenging levels, there's deadly traps and dangerous enemies, as you must go on to rescue mission on a rescue mission as Stanley to rescue Dr. Livingstone, lost in the African jungle. Okay. All right. <laughs> Well, if you're interested in that sort of stuff, I jump on it quick for only a hundred copies. Oh, for Mister SDK Quasarius Rush, a new Amiga shoot 'em up announced with a work in progress mm -hmm. tease. Okay. Oh, it moves fast and it looks like Star Force. Oh, but I like the different types of enemies they got. Oh, this is really nice so far. It's fast. Yeah, it is. Oh, oh shit, just using these all like, I'm just going to use my shield. I don't even care. Ooh. Uh, oh, it's Xevious sort of stuff there. Oh, shit. Don't get hit by the Xevious platforms. Apparently, yeah, you don't want to get those things that plucked are indestructible. Oh god, popcorn! <laughs> oh, it's so buttery. It's that's that fucking cinema style <laughs> butter <laughs> that they're putting on there. Oh, Redenbacher, right. main boss confirmed. And then you're fighting a vagina with eyes. That's weird. <laughs> Whoa, shit! Did you see that thing? That thing shot crazy. So. Oh, 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 it stops when it's about to appear. Okay. Oh, got him, got him. If I had a dime for every time that I thought it stops when it's going to appear, boy, I'd have myself a couple dollars. Probably. Maybe? I don't know, I don't know about your sexual <laughs> escapade, sir. Invia and Geometrical Blast are just two of the shoot 'em ups that we previously announced is coming to the Amiga near you at some point in the near future. But now, after heads up by Perola, another Amiga game has appeared and is a work in progress, and that's Rafael Lima's Quasarius Rush, a top-scrolling shoot 'em up that has been shown off in, the la in this latest footage, giving us an early glimpse at the first level. According to the creator, he is trying to get a vibe of some of his old favorite 8-bit games while taking inspirations from Star Force and compile games with a more complex score system. Furthermore, although the teaser is just a level 1 work in progress and doesn't have music or sound effects, it's only 40% done, he's hoping to release the game as a digital commercial game with support for basic OCS ECS 1 megabyte or sorry, 1 megabit Amigas. Running at 50 FPS with no slowdowns. Pretty good. Jeez, and there's a link there for Mr. Scott if he wants to go and check that out. But honestly, that looked like it ran fast. It reminded me of Star yes, Force, did. but was different enough to not be Star Force, which is good. 
because that means you have your own little system of how you want things to go. So that's that's pretty cool. I like it. Yep. Cool looking shield system, too. Yeah. Hmm. Mars. Mars, a new C64 game from Sputnik World. A mission to Mars. Alright, so looks like you actually control. Oh, it's such a small picture. C64 owners, you might have felt a little bit left out today with all the Amiga and C16 Plus 4 news going on, but worry not. As thanks to a heads up from Cytronic Software, Jesus, those guys are just pooping out games. They have announced a brand new game coming to the C64 called Mars. Uh, it's time for the C64 to shine, as in this upcoming game from Sputnik World, set 50 years after man first set foot on the moon, you must take a bold new leap to visit the big red planet, the planet Mars. According to the game description, you are the mission commander and you have eight of the best international space engineers in your crew. It's up to you to keep the health of your crew as stable as possible during the mission to the mighty red planet. You must issue commands to your crew and crew members available for different tasks while keeping an eye on your energy levels and the status of your crew to reach Mars. Beware, it won't be uh, easy, however, as there will be problems and you'll have to face and solve the, these as the mission progresses. Will you be successful, or will you die a horrible death in the void of space? Oh, I can see me playing this. This sounds just like playing uh, Oregon Trail or Oregon Trail. Either of those are good. Oh, they have all kinds: a digital download, a budget disc edition, premium disc edition, and a collector's edition. Glossy box with full color artwork on all sides. The box contains the game disc, instruction manual, artwork poster, badge, key ring, and more bonus goodies. That sounds fucking awesome. It does. I got a, I got a badge. I need man. a C64 now as well. Ah, <laughs> I need everything. Oh man. Well, anyways. Alpha Ray, a fabulous okay. shoot 'em up for the Commodore C16 and 64K, and the Plus Four. So this is what they were probably talking about earlier. You just. You're just, you're playing with my heart. I know, we just keep, like, talking to SDK, but shoot him up, and he's all like, my God, my wiener yeah, right? hurts, stop. <laughs> well, very close up, it seems. I want to shoot some people! Thank you. Mm. Well, okay. Oh, you got reflective shots and stuff, too. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I saw that. So it looks like it's not super fast, but for the gameplay that you're getting, it looks like it's fast enough. Like, it doesn't look like, oh, man, I wish this was faster. It looks yeah, like, yeah. okay, I can deal with this. Like, you're meant to be going this speed the entire time. So this is kind of nice. Actually, I like this. Oh, shit. Oh, uh, that's a stressful oh. level. Never mind. <laughs> Looks like it can go oh, faster. Oh, it can, yeah. We'll force you. Yeah, this is pretty nice. Chew damn satellite. Ooh, got a laser beam. Dog heads floating in space. More like gerbils or something, I don't know. 
Oh, I thought they were going to get boss there. Yes, yeah, so, oh, here we go. Shoot the core. <laughs> yeah, it's more than just the core. So that looks pretty damn good. Not going to lie, that looks really nice. So it features high-quality graphics, smooth frame rates, and nostalgic scrolling action trip to that of our type. Um, again, I guess for this system it was fast, but again, like, like I said, like... It didn't force you to go too fast. Like you didn't feel like you had to zip everywhere around the screen all the time. Like, but right, the the yeah. gameplay was fast enough that like you didn't feel like you were slow. I don't know if that makes sense. Anyways, <laughs> Alpha Roy was created by Stefan Mater, uh, with additional coding by D. Uh, graphics by K. Robert, additional graphics by M. Rainer, and music by D. and Ronnie. Yeah, it's a game that if you're looking for a fabulous game to show off to your friends in the Commodore C16 plus 64K or the plus 4, uh, then Alpha Ray is the game to be played. What a great achievement by Stefan Mater and team. My hat's off to you guys for a stokingly good game. Stonkingly. Yeah, that looks pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I, I like this this little cover that like the start of the game right here. It looks so nice. Right? That's a you sound so low, Scott. That's that relaxed Scott we got there. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I'm just... Oh, no, here, yeah. Now, we're back to this game that I was trying to show earlier. NVIA, an in-development Amiga shoot-em-up. All about the shoot-em-ups today. Apparently, it's, it's, it's Scott's day of, like, shoot-em-ups. This is the one that looks that this. I said that that's the ship that looks like the one from uh, Zero Ooh, Wing with the Zig. This is a bit. Okay. Move Zig. You know what you're doing. Yeah, okay, really man, I'm loving this. This is nice. Yeah, see, I love that. We get the. Whoa! Okay, that's a cool little power up. That's a little different. Ooh. Yeah, right. Who's that one? Oh, you got oh same thing. Here. Okay, it has a bit of a weird hitbox. Like, oh, that's a different power. What is it? Oh, you can get it. Oh, don't tease me. You know what? <laughs> oh, okay, dude, stop playing with that fireball. That, that tripped me out too. Oh, those things just take multiple hits. All right. But it looks like the shots. Oh no, I was gonna say they travel through, but maybe not. Jesus, that was a tight squeeze. It's hard to tell where the hitboxes of the landscape are, because it looks like you can't really touch it. Yeah. Kind of can in some areas? I'm confused. Oh, just squeeze through there. Oh my god. That is a tight ass gap. That's what she said. (laughs) (sighs) That looks really good. I, I very much like that. Alright, so Tiger Skunk, Tri-Ace, and Premium's upcoming Amiga Shoot-Em-Up in VIA is a game of which we have featured many times since its first announcement in October 2016, so this has been in the work progress for a while. Looks to be an incredible game with not just amazing scrolling graphics, but super action, great sound effects, and a real hark back to the days of R-Type and Project X. Although we haven't had a full level try of this upcoming game, just lots of project teasers and level updates, 
Rest assured, when this game does come to the Amiga 500, it'll have parallax scrolling, lots of objects on screen, sound effects and music by Demo Senior Triace, logo by Demo Senior Premium, and finally, almost all the game will be running 50 FPS with just the slightest of hiccups. Oh boy. Definitely have to come back to that. Definitely interesting. <laughs> All right, so... <clears throat> as most of you are aware, there are different ways to create Amiga games, either through Amos, Blitz Basic, Red Pill, or through the rather lackluster Backbone. But one such engine is making its presence known, and that's Eroc's upcoming Scorpion engine. A nifty piece of software that at some point will allow other users to create games as 50 hertz on A500, or as in the case of the latest Tales of Gorluf conversion, and other footage shown through this year so far, the possibility of creating higher-end games with smooth scrolling, even on lower-end machines. As noted by Iraq, the project compiler runs on Windows and uses modern tools, tiled for level editing, PNGs for graphics, for some things, classic Amiga formats, mod 8SVX, Anim 5S uh, for others. PNGs are converted through a user-defined palette into Bob's and Rob bit planes, uh, using the alpha channel to generate a mask. Furthermore, going into extra detail from Eric, the software uses a simple-to-understand bytecode virtual machine, a small part of functionality of Inc. Manage things such as dialogue, branching logic, and a game sequence. As one person puts it, Windows-based game maker with modern asset formats running on low-end Amigas. Uh, for those of you who feel this is still very confusing, uh, Tsak uh, has, uh, or Sack, uh, has condensed it uh, down to make it easier to understand. He has said it's a light-action RPG engine which supports modern Windows dev tools like Tiled and Ink. Currently, the engine can do 8-way scrolling in FP, uh, 50 FPS and has a ton of features, including uh, N- NPCs, sorry, uh, dialogue, quest system, events, uh, teleports, and many other stuff, able to run without issues on A500. Uh, practi- uh, practically, it's com- comparable to Backbone, but it offers far superior abilities and performance. Although it does not come in a self-contained all-in-one package environment, so you are required to use a number of third-party Windows tools, albeit free ones, to work it out. As it currently stands, it's also not aimed to be a general-use game maker, but more genre-specific. Uh, the engine was made primarily to accommodate pixel glass projects, but in this public form, it's aimed at anyone who wants to build a similar game for Amiga without having to code it. Eric is expanding it as we're developing our projects, and he is going to release it at some point in the near future. And that's pretty much all there is to say, but no further info. Uh, the engine compiler is technically already out, albeit in an unfinished state. It's all in the Git repo, so you can get at the GitHub uh, link that's provided there. It's a light-action RPG engine, uh, was originally correct, but now it's evolved to include platformer capabilities too. Example, the Alex Kidd demo. It is capable of visual novels, example, the Phoenix Wright demo, and in future, it may be capable of handling shoot 'em ups and single racers. I haven't done performance testing on the TOG test. It's an EHB game that, is, that was never designed with stock A500 in mind, so it may not run that well on an A500 during intense combat scenes. It's also likely to require 2 megabyte chip, so I'm not sure if that needs to be in the article. I'm just trying to manage expectations, and that comes directly from Iraq. 
So it looks like it's a pretty, you know, it, it, it is a decent engine. And we'll just check out the Alex Kid uh, demo here real quick because it looks like uh, we can, yeah. yeah, see, like this looks like it actually runs fast. Yeah, this looks like Alex Kid, exactly what you would expect. And so that that's pretty cool. That means that you know you, you have you can obviously have faster Amiga games, and that's something that's uh, I guess very noteworthy. It means that the Amiga has a chance to grow. So that's pretty cool. I might have to go check that out just to see what the Zelda. Yeah, why not, like. man? Uh, up next we have a blip get blimp Geddon. Sorry, a ZX Spectrum game by Ultra Nar. Uh, is coming to the Amiga. Jesus, there's a lot of Amiga stuff happening. Ultra yeah, Narwhal is no stranger to indie retro news, making ZX Spectrum games such as Octokitty and PTM. But now it looks as if he's turning his attention to the Commodore Amiga. As of the 12th of August, he has announced he is now working on the Amiga port of Blinkedin, a ZX Spectrum game which was released some time ago as an action platformer with lots of enemies, traps, and cool level designs. Although not much is known about the game so far, other than it being a port of the ZX Spectrum version and design using the Scorpion engine. Ooh, we were just talking about the Scorpion engine. Rest assured, with the developer of Ultra Narwhal behind it, it's going to be a kick-ass platformer on the Amiga, with plenty to blast away through many different themed levels. Yeah, if the oh my god, he's so big for that. Thank you for that hoster, Scruffy Sean. Uh, and our podcast schedule is usually uh, starts at around 8 p.m. my time, which is about 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard most uh, Sundays evenings. Uh, but yeah, this looks like it's going to be great. Uh, and again, if anything tells us, uh, yeah. the, the Scorpion engine looks like it runs smoothly with Alex Kidd, so this looks like it could be another game a platformer for the Amiga that could run smoothly and fast, which is exciting. So, Yes. Like, all these new things that are going to be developed on the Scorpion engine. Like oh, yeah. It exciting. makes me want to get, have an Amiga. Again, that's another one I haven't really played yeah, any right. of, so now I'm very <laughs> interested. So, uh, This next one, Roly, an upcoming NES platformer. Kickstarter to launch soon. We get a mini trailer. I am fine with that. Give me, please. <laughs> I'm very interested in what this is going to be because if it's an NES game, that's great. It runs fast. <laughs> Looks like hitboxes are good. Oh, yeah. Good nice. animation. Oh, that's kind of cool. Oh! Oh! Using the morph ball. Stuff. See, no one really does anything with uh, that kind of stuff. Beat me to it. Oh, wait, so what is the purple guy? What What can he do that's different? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I'm not sure. Is it just another, like, you switch between the two, you have two life bars to work with then? Or I'm not sure. So, whoa! Now you're a blue... Whoa! Oh, wait. Does that mean you get different powers? You're just the same... Oh, you see that? Wow, yeah, see that's what I'm saying. So you obviously get different powers. Okay, yeah. this is fucking awesome. Oh. Yo, you this is so... Dude. 
But he beat Bubble Man. Alright, we've got a new kind of almost like Mega Man style game. Where, oh, this is fucking awesome, dude. Uh, I'm, oh, this is, oh, so good. And coming for the NES. <laughs> dude. Right? Yeah, bring it on. Bring on Roll 8. Everyone wants it. I want it for my NES. <laughs> this game's 100% finished. Uh. Really? Okay. Oh, July 34th. Oh, so there's already a Kickstarter for this. Did I not see that? Alright, I'll go check that out. Uh, oh, Kickstarter's delayed until the middle of August. Well, it is the middle of August, so... I wanted to please. Yeah, this game looks awesome. Oh my god. I'm very, very interested in playing this. Two player and 15 stages? Oh boy. Oh, alright. So, uh, as I said, oh, this game looks fantastic. And they have music for us. Yes, sir. It looks it's it's very exciting. I, I love all the different things that it looks like you can do in this game. Yeah, definitely. Nice new concept. It, it feels fresh. Oh, the speedrunners are gonna eat up this fucking game so much, man! Oh my god, yes they are. Oh my god, yes. All the different things you're gonna be able to do with the different powers and yeah, really oh. though. Yeah, Alright, so, okay, we just, we gotta keep going, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Alright, so we're going to the indie game website. Here we have Scourgebringer. These are the people that, uh, I'm pretty sure, uh, is it this game? Uh, I think we, we mentioned it before, but I'm going to take a look at it again because, we well, mentioned it, before, it looks yeah. fucking awesome. It's like Hyper Light Drifter slash Celeste, apparently. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, this... Oh, God. Yeah, oh, yeah, this game looks so good. Yeah, we did look at this, but... The, yes, yes, it does. Oh, my Lord, man. And just like the, the graphic style, it's like... Boom, boom, move around, kill everything, super light speed. Oh, by the way, NES graphic. <laughs> okay, I don't get to say this enough, but this is why I enjoy doing this podcast so much. We get to see so <laughs> many good fucking games. Like, man. Oh, yeah. Oh. And I don't think we need to even say more about this. Like, if, if those nope. listening in on the podcast... Uh, it's it looks sorry you it didn't looks get to like see that. hyper light drifter in regards to like colors and, and how they use the, the the graphic color palette and stuff. It has a feel of Celeste, but it also has the gameplay of something almost like Bleed. It's oh man, like Dead Cell, or it's like it's like eight bit Dead Cells. So good, kind of. Oh, go check yeah, out the trailer. You will not 
be disappointed. It, oh, yeah. And see, that, and that's what we're all about oh, yeah. over here at the Retro Indie Pixels podcast. Our style is absolutely amazing. Just that, like that rapid style combat like that in like an eight bit style is just like, oh, it's so good. So here is Eastward, a post apocalyptic pixel version of The Last of Us for the Nintendo Switch. Alright, I think you guys are going to be interested in seeing this. It looks like it's actually pretty good. Oh, Chucklefish is behind it. I didn't know that. No wonder. Alright, I already know it's good. I already know it's good. I don't need to see anymore. I already know it's good. Look at this. Some bitch done again. He's all like, let's see how how I can fucking tease this fella again, though. Jesus Christ, (laughs) man. Seriously, I just... Mm. This looks good. I I love everything I'm seeing right now. I'm just... It looks like... What the new style of 2D RPGs should be like. And for those of you who don't know who Chucklefish are, they've made Risk of Rain, Stardew Valley, yeah. and Starbound. Just gonna throw in Terraria. Yeah, just throwing that out there. Those are the guys who are behind all of those games. (laughs) Oh my god! Just, just saying. You sure about that? I'm pretty sure Chucklefish is behind uh, Stardew, if I'm not mistaken, Steve. Yes, they are. It wasn't made by Chucklefish, but it's being, I guess, published. Oh, you know what else? Do you know what else they made? Treasure. Oh, Adventure World. well, no, they got behind it. On, um, yeah. After Treasure Adventure game, when they updated it, which again, if you haven't checked out that game, do yourself a favor. Oh man, are you? you uh, I played the original. I haven't done the remake. Maybe. It's part of the okay. Indie Quest slash Retro Quest uh, game schedule. At some point in time. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I figured that's what you meant, yeah. Alright, so next, Devolver announces Hotline Miami Collection is coming to Switch. So, for all really? you out there who have played this and enjoy it and you have yourself a Switch, now you can enjoy Hotline Miami on the Switch. You all know what that means, right? Really? This is what Nintendo is starting to do now, which means... They are getting over yep. their own little boundary of only catering to mostly GPG at best games. Yeah. Now they're saying, you know what? It's not our responsibility to have parents... You know, if parents are buying these games and letting their kids buy these games, they should be monitoring that stuff, not Nintendo. They have enough yep. to worry about as it is. Alright? So let them just release awesome games... And it's then it's the parents' fault if their kid gets a game that they shouldn't be playing. Yep. It literally Online takes Miami less than collection. five minutes to get on your computer, look up a game, watch the trailer for two minutes, and find out if you think your kid should play it or not. So, yep. anyways, a uh, big thank you to IndieGameWebsite.com for those games. We're moving mm-hmm. on next to our articles here from IndieGamesPlus.com. First, we're looking at Lockhart Indigo. 
Alright, so you'll have to seek out clues and hints hiding in a hundred room mansion in order to pry information out of the rich family that lives there. It's the only way to save them from a murderer among them. Lockhart Indigo has you working as a private eye in this colossal house, and your sole aim is to stop the killer before they strike again. Trouble is, all these rich folks don't really want to part with the useful information you need to figure out who it is. Even if it will help them live. I mean, they're not the brightest folks. Given that they have some unpleasant secrets to keep, <laughs> I guess I can kind of understand why they're being tight-lipped. To get the information you need from these ten suspects, you'll need information from around the house. The right clues, you can persuade certain people to give you more secrets steadily growing your supply of clues. With that information, maybe you can get some more hints from another character. It's all about building that full picture of what's going on, as each piece of the puzzle will lead to yet another one. Trouble is, a killer's on the loose, and while you're trying to do all this work, uh, they're not real keen on being discovered. Can you figure out the entire mystery before the uh, killer finishes off all the rich people? If you think you can, maybe go give the pre-alpha build for Lockhart Indigo a shot. So it's available right now on itch.io. It looks very Game Boy-esque. So it, yes. it looks very um, interesting, to say the least. But I, I like the whole aspect that it's a hundred room mansion that you have to like draw out the information from the characters and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. It sounds like a more in depth who don't. Well, I like this sort Colonel of- uh, Clue, yeah. Colonel yeah. Mustard. In the billiard room with the candlestick like in his box. Moving on. This is kind of a different game. <laughs> Grunge explores lesbian teen romance in high school hell. Series dealing with uh, series dealing with bullies being new in town and the other miseries of school. But when she meets Carmen, she finally starts to f- feel something warm and enthralling. All right, so content warning: depression, suicide, sexual content, and drug use. So, Grunge follows Siri in discovering herself on her feelings for Carmen, all while navigating the troublesome, scary aspects of school, being in love, and being someone who dares to be different in some way. Their romance promises some hope for the young lady, but it won't be without a great deal of trials and challenges. On top of making choices as you f- uh, figure your way through Siri's life, you find yourself in turn-based RPG combat against the various idiots and jerks who set out to make your life difficult. It's often a war of words as people call you awful names or bully you and you have to fight back with harming insults and comebacks of your own. It can be vindicating to fight back, although some might still feel upset at having to face these familiar insults. Grunge has a lot of extra stuff to do, offering 100 varied quests you can take on for the people in town who aren't completely awful. These quests will affect the game's endings as well as the lives of the characters you're helping out. You can also follow up on some secret storylines within the main tale if you take care of your friends just right. You might be in love and dealing with all the confusion, comfort, and heartache that comes with it, but don't forget your buddies along the way. So like I said, it seems like it's a pretty interesting game. Oh, I just lost video. Did that mean Uh my thing crashed again? Let me just refresh in my chat here. Yeah, okay, so there it was just Twitch that crashed on me for a second. Jesus, man. Having a lot of good things happening tonight. 
computer's loving me. Apparently, oh, yeah. I'm not allowed to watch this video. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Moving on. Definitely new. Definitely different. Yeah, no, it, it's nice to see something like that. And having it as an RPG and, and dealing with something that a lot of people have to deal with, whether it's being, you know, in love, yeah. being uh, gay, lesbian, whatever, you, you know, your situation might be. And I'm sure a lot of people get, you know, tormented with that kind of stuff all the time, you know, just because you're different. And, and it shouldn't even be, you know, looked at as that, that you're different. You're not different. You're just, you have a different, you have a, 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 a what would you call it? It's Exactly. It's and, and I mean, it's the same thing as being, anyways... I think I thought it was a pretty cool game, and uh, I hope that uh, it, it keeps getting. Yeah, it's your own sexual preference. It's, it's not. Yeah, see, there you go. Thank you. That's what I was trying to word out there. Thank you, six. So, anyways, our next game here is Paint Game, a first-person coloring book. Uh, I thought this would be something that some people might be interested in. I'm not sure how it, because by the look of it, it looks like there's more smearing and shit. And I'm sorry. A Yes, now, to me, I was like, okay, that could be relaxing. I can see people enjoying that. People actually got into uh, coloring books recently. Uh, I can't even paint that. (laughs) But the only thing I'm not so certain of is this, all this smearing look that they have here. Like, to me, this is not really coloring. I know. This just looks like... That's like a four-year-old. Exactly, and interact. that's what's like. Mm. <laughs> it could look nice, but the problem is, is that the yeah, see, look at this. Shots that they're showing of us of. It's like so. See, you have no. Okay, we're done with this. You really do. Now, we're see, done with that. All right, so we okay. talked about this before. Bite the bullet. We're gonna watch this uh, trailer again because, uh, quite honestly. I can't wait for Megcat uh, to bring this out. Oh, God, yes. This game looks so cool. It definitely did. Ah, uh, yeah. Is it an update trailer? I don't know, actually. I didn't even read if that's what the case was. I was just more interested in watching the fucking trailer again. Nope. It really does. Man, so cool. they make a lot of great games. Again, if you guys haven't checked out Megcat Studios, do yourself a favor, man. They they and yeah. again they do physical releases for old systems most times, so if this isn't coming out for like the Super Nintendo or something like that, I'd be surprised. Anyways, Fuzz, the charming Pico Eight remake of Fez. <clears throat> so many of you probably already heard of Fez before. Well, Fuzz is a tiny, cheerful fan adventure based on Fez. Once again, having to shift a two D world through its hidden third dimensions to find secrets. Fuzz casts you on t- out into a seemingly straightforward 2D land, but with a few button presses, you can turn the landscape through four different sides that simulate its fleshed-out three-dimensional depth. You're looking for missing cubes as you turn the world, and these can be hidden in some surprisingly devious ways. Uh, this fan-made Pico 8 vision of the game isn't quite as complex as the game that inspired it, but it can still leave you scratching your head across its eight areas. You need to do all of them in one sitting, though, as the game doesn't have a save system. It's honestly an impressive little homage to Fez and offers a pleasant excursion for those who crave more of Fez's uniquely mind-crushing puzzles. 
Thinking in 3D space that is presented in two dimensions is a neat trick, and Fuzz does a solid job capturing that challenging puzzle solving that comes out of it. And apparently it's now available for free on itch.io, so if you want to try it out, go give it a go. And also, if you are interested in trying out Fez, it's free right now on Epic Games Store. So if you want to try both for go. free, you got both of them going for right. it. So there you go. Then you can compare the two. All right, so uh, this was from uh, last Tuesday, the Trailer Tuesday, Reign of the Fallen Damsel. Uh, all right. All right, so apparently they have a bunch of different trailers, so we're going to try and check out some of these here. First is Escape from the Universe for the Nintendo Switch. Stop your your little snaps, Nintendo. Whoa, whoa! Jesus, all right. Oh my god, he's so deep. Thank you for that deep host there, Iron Torch. <laughs> Escape from the universe. Okay, can we see... Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, let's go back. First of all, we have a classic shoot 'em up stall here. And then you have this, like, almost top view contra stall that they have there. This is... Okay, so, so they almost have, like, a... You could do that Macross for the NES Famicom. You can change the style of your ship to go either faster or slower. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Procedurally generated. Oh wow. Oh wow. Yeah. All right. So this was not what I was expecting. This is the shoot 'em up episode, apparently. Holy crap, yeah. man! No kidding. And like they're all good shoot 'em ups so far. Yeah. So I mean, wow. Available now. So yeah, you can grab this game right now at the eShop. Next up, we have Damsel for Nintendo Switch and Xbox One. Well, wait. I feel like we looked at this recently, too. Ah, uh, yes we did. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't look terrible at all. It looks pretty good. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not a super huge fan of the uh, graphic style, but uh, that doesn't say anything about the gameplay itself, so... Right, yeah, yeah. Scott's probably loving it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. You, you are not wrong. Alright. So, let's move on to our next one. Interference. Power cable just blew. What happened? Oh, yeah, that's a lot of cables on that one line. There. I'm not gonna lie, it's yeah, right. a few. All right. Okay, so this is one of those like, um, what is it called? Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's kind of looking things. It seems to me like you're just sitting in oh, one room yeah. on a radio talking to someone. I just know someone sneaks up to the fucking window and scares the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, see, look at this. 
Oh no, I'm okay. No thanks. Nope, we don't need any more Five Nights at Freddy's bullshit. <laughs> Scott's all like, because no, yeah, you're, you're sitting this. right in the middle. Yeah, yeah, okay. Let's do let's do a word search. That's what I want to do. Right. Meanwhile, Scott's just like, I'm not saving no one. Nope. <laughs> all right, nope, Proyecto Intercentro. Las Historicas Adventuras de Daniela. What? Buenos Delidias. Uh, what? I'm not sure. <laughs> what? No, I did not mean to do that. I meant to fucking supersize me. Come on, man. Okay, there's Daniela and there's Lolo, the bird thing. Can we get into Gameplayplus? Uh, Google Maps. What the... I don't know what's happening here. This is somebody's backyard. That's from Google Maps. What the Stop fuck? Stop the Kickstarter stuff. Uh, what the f- Is there, like, no gameplay? Daniela, donde estas? Oh. Voy por el parque. Me quit. I... I... What the f- What the fuck is going on? Okay. Porque. Porque. Fallen Angel Alpha Trail. <laughs> I like nothing else is said. It's like. We already seen Emma Lost in Memories. Yes. Alright, so it looks like. Well, one, Fallen Angel Alpha Trailer. It looks like it could be alright. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Liking the pixel graphics. Yeah, it does right. look like it's a top-down shooter, though, so I won't be surprised. Porque? Oh God! Turn down porque. <laughs> Reminds me of work. All those fucking cable lines, yeah. Well, I get those are power lines, but still. Oh. Oh. I might not have it programmed in yet, Steve. Yeah, I don't have a program in yet. Oh. Okay, this looks like it's pretty good. Oh. Oh. Oh, you like it? Take it. This looks oh. more like a hack and slash, actually. Oh shit! Yeah. Whoa! 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 Oh. This looks so good. Yes, it does. Oh. Yes. Oh hell! Right? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, guys, fallen demon or fallen angel? Sorry. Hell, yes. Okay. Oh. I'm gonna change my pants. Now. Apparently, take the role of Lucifer and explore a twisted version of heaven. Wow. That looked good. Yup. Alright, up next we have Moonrise Fall, a hidden world trailer. Game made from strings. Wait, what? Oh, 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 hold on now. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, we got some, we got some pixel. We got some pixel deliciousness. Keep giving up to me. The Wayne family is dead. Top down, Devil May Cry. <laughs> they fell off a cliff. Um, 
Okay. Oh, there's someone telling me. Uh oh, what? This is tripping me out. What the fuck? Right? I'm getting, like, stressed out. Dude. This is like Undertale. 16-bit. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it has me enthralled on what's gonna happen here. Yeah. I'm like... Oh. Oh. Okay. Oh, no. That's not what that picture was supposed to be. Hmm. Yeah, it's... Okay. Okay. Obviously it has some puzzle aspects to it. I don't know how I feel about this game. I know, I know. Because there's, like, puzzle aspects to it that's like, man, this is, looks really interesting. And then there's the horror aspects to it that's like, nope. And, and I really like the art style. The art style is fantastic. Why do you walk so slow? Oh. Hmm. Okay. Alright, so I don't know I, how to right? feel that. It feels like it's more of an explore yeah. puzzle type game. Yeah. Oh, hello. It's... Artifact Adventure Gaiden DX English trailer? And then you give me that as a thumbnail? Oh, who are you and what have you did with my heart? Okay. No, please don't lie to me. No. <laughs> oh, it's oh, nothing oh, like that. That looks fighting-ish. But that, that's different. I was expecting that this was the whole game was just that fighting thing. And you just do that kind of shit over and over. But this is different. I like this. This is kind of different. So this, this kind of reminds me of like. A 16-bit Tales of Destiny. Anybody else like see what I'm saying? I don't saying? play many Tales of games, like, but this is kind of neat. Yeah, where you have like the RPG top-down, but then like the the, the, the combat is the 2D, the, the 2D side-scrolling. Yo, oh, this is pretty cool, dude. Yeah, I haven't played any of the Tales of games yet. I don't think. Alright, so this does look good though. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, it, it looks really nice. Ah, oh, that gif at the end. Artif what is it? Artifact, Artifact Adventure, Adventure Garden DX. And it looks like our last game is Wallachia, Reign of Dracula. Ooh. What does that mean? Castlevania-esque? Is it, is it pixely delicious? We won't know until it shows us. Okay, enough of the fucking words. Let's get to the place. This. Oh, shit! Oh, Scott! Oh, Scott! Oh! 
see it. Okay, this looks pretty cool, dude. Some of the attack animations look a bit fucking weird, but overall the gameplay yeah. looks good. God damn, man. Wait, 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 hold on, wait, what, what, what? What was that? It's in a two-pack? Ritual of the Night bonus costume. Oh, whoa! Scott's like, done! Oh, you get, you get Miriam's costume? Yo, you get Miriam's costume, bro. So you get to see what happens that that, that t turns him into Dracula, I guess. That's pretty cool. Soon on Steam, Nintendo Switch. Jesus. Okay, that's gonna sit in the back. <sighs> All right, one last story before we get to our Kickstarters. What remains hides dire secrets in an NES cartridge. So, you're all excited when you think you've got a neat brand new game and what remains, but all you end up with are secrets may stop an imminent threat. Boring. Well, not all boring, actually. You're coming home from a skate session to find that a game cartridge has found its way into your lap. You naturally race to your buddy's place to give it a shot, but instead of finding yourself playing some platformer, you're facing an array of encrypted, fi array of encrypted files and mysterious images. It's a little concerning, especially since you'll need to figure out these files if you're to save this town of sunny peaks. I don't know why I had trouble with that. Having a friend to help you, as well as a kind cat for backup, will go a long way in unraveling these secrets, but don't rely on them too much. You want to hurry things along yourself, because while you're working on these strange files, you find your town of sunny peaks is constantly changing for the weirder. Not that the 80s backdrop doesn't already make things a little bit weird to begin with. What Remains offers uh, uh, aims to offer some charming nostalgia alongside some dangerous mystery and tales of heartwarming friendships. It's also got a touch of that mystery that surrounds a strange new game that you've just discovered, capturing that sense of surprise, delight, and horror that can come from finding out what your new game is actually like. Today started so started out solid with a bowl of Lucky Charm cereal. Ah, uh, God. <laughs> Uh, so apparently, you can download this game as an NES ROM right now on itch.io, or you can order a physical cartridge of the game from the developer's website. That's pretty cool. I kind of wish there was a bit more for us to see. There's probably a trailer. Yeah, right. At some point, uh, we'll have to... Actually, at some point, I'll have to probably give this game a go. Alright, so we're going to move into the Kickstarters for this week. Yes, sir. First off, we got this one that I thought looked really good. Uh, it's, it's called <coughs> Downward, an owl flight pixel art platformer game. Play as Gable, a little owl, as she ventures into a haunted wilds, a flight-based pixel art platformer. We look for 26,629. They've currently only got uh, almost 2,200. Uh, with 101 backers, 15 days to still go, so... Head over there and give them some love. Let's see what this game looks like, shall we? I already know I like the fucking graphics. 
because it's all dark and they are focusing on pixel art, which is like something I've become recently obsessed with. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> Nothing's happening yet, but I already love it. Oh. <laughs> okay. But is the floor lava? If it does for too long. Take your time, man. <laughs> oh, the moon in the background. Oh, that's fucking gorgeous. That's nice. Yeah. I'm just, like, I don't even care about the gameplay. I'm just, like, enjoying just looking at the game. Oh! Okay, so there is some puzzle stuff there. And you do kind of almost like having a, an attack or something. That's. And there are enemies. Good! Oh, shit. Okay, that looks trippy. So this looks like it could actually be a hard game if it, if they wanted it to be. Right. This looks fantastic, man. I love this. Yeah, it does. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh god! Oh my god! Uh, all right, those those enemies seem crazy or traps, whatever you want to call them, because it doesn't look like he was attacking them. Whoa! Okay. <laughs> Oh my god, this looks so good. Just moving in and out of the branches there. Yeah, it does. Wow, all yeah dude. Really <sighs> One part of the screen to another looks really good. Dang, only 8% funded. Man, that this game needs to get funded. I know, that's... And this looks so good. Game looks really cool. Yeah, it does. Alright, so for $10 American or $14 Canadian, you get a copy of the game. It also includes the devlog, uh, the Grey Garden Personal Stone, (laughs) and the game itself. So, And estimated delivery December 2020. You guys are going to make this game even better by then because that's like over a year Jesus but yeah no this game looks so friggin nice like the part where the the owl flies in the branches and like goes in and out in between kind of thing so nice yeah that's so cool beta access if you pledge $26 or $35 Canadian Mm. Uh, like there's the background with like the yeah oh and just the they put a lot of detail so nice. work into it yes they did alright we're gonna move on to our next one uh chicory a colorful tale alright oh from the creators of wonder song and celeste this is the game I was waiting for it's already funded a lot they're looking for 39,943, so basically 40,000. They have 76,242. Almost double of what they wanted. With 19 days to go. You're a dog wielding a magic paintbrush. Use color to explore, solve puzzles, and make friends. Let's take a look, shall we? Ooh. 
looks bright and colorful. Oh, okay. I thought something happened to the video there. This actually looks really nice. Wow, okay. Huh! So different colors do different things to the environment. And then if you color things properly, you actually get like... Some stuff could probably open up, I guess, too. Local co-op, nice. Whoa! Oh god, oh god! Man! <laughs> that looks like a great game. No wonder it got kickstarted so fast. Holy sh- 191% funded with 19 days remaining. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, really though. So, for $27 or $20 US, you can get a digital copy of the game for PC or Mac, a Steam key, or a DRM-free key, key for the game, and your name in the credits. So that's not bad at all. Where are you from? Oh, I did not know that the makers of Celeste were from Vancouver. That's pretty cool too. But yeah, this game obviously looks good. It looks charming. Um, the puzzle aspect is not so much worry of enemies it doesn't look like but it does look like there's a lot more puzzle aspect to it so in code yeah very close to being kickstarted let's have a look at the video if the, the if XSplit will allow us to uh, now you guys understand why I'm not streaming all the time yeah Oh, show us the game. We don't want to see your ugly mug. Oh, here we go. Oh, goddammit! Oh, game! Dude, come on, man. We don't need to see your face every five seconds. That doesn't help us want to buy a game. Like, yeah, seeing your face doesn't, like, you can have that behind on your trailer. Like, yeah, I don't right. need to or see your face literally every five fucking seconds. That's, that's, that's not something I'm enjoying with the, the trailer so far. Six plus like, I understand, like, all this information, this extra stuff that you're trying to, like, hey, guys, this is what we need the money for. This is what we're doing. Yeah, this is what's going into it. Like, you don't need to show us all this. Just that, put that in the fucking description down below. That's what your Kickstarter page is for. I, I want to see the gameplay. You notice how we acted when we f watched the first few games that we were watching? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's hard to it's hard to give this any sort of like Yeah, I shouldn't have to like gameplay. pick 5 seconds of gameplay and then watch him and then 5 seconds yeah, of gameplay. Yeah. Like no, I can't do that. It's 5 seconds of gameplay and then it's they're like during some of the stuff it's like 6 hours of gameplay. I'm like Here's the actual trailer. All right, here we go. Oh, this is what we need. This should be at the top. Yes, yes, it should. Uh, hey, my name is Reginald Scratchbutt, and we want you to... It almost has, like, 
a more refined um, Borderlands look. Like it almost looks like it's on the same engine and everything. Supposed to be some sort of like point and click adventure? Yeah. Produced by me, Reginald Scratchbutt. I know we have some point and click gamers out there. So yeah, it looks pretty interesting. I wish you kind of would give us a little bit more of a, you know. What would get us into this game? Yeah, so you let this yeah. right at the very end. This is what I'm more interested in. See, like, if you started with that and just showed us more views like that, that would be way more interesting as well. It, it, there's, uh, there's just not enough there for me to be able to say it's like. I don't know. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I would have liked. I would have liked to have seen. Yes, more. I completely agree, 100. percent Uh, I would I would like to be constructive, but I don't know what to be constructive about. So twenty five euros or thirty eight dollars Canadian get you a copy of the game. Oof. Our game is only. Uh. All right, we're gonna move on. Our next game is called A Sister's Journey. Uh, these people are from Stuttgart, Germany. They're looking for 16456 They currently have only 1715 Sister's Journey is a challenging 2D platformer in a lovely created world. Experience a packed story full of adventure, danger, secrets, and mysteries. It looks pixely, so I'm very excited. Oh, this is very Octopath Traveler graphics. This could be good. They're using uh, high, uh, like, lighting and, like, a lot of layers while using, the like, a, an older 8-bit, 16-bit style. This is looking great so far. I'm like, I want to skip ahead, but at the same time, I don't. <laughs> like, what about if I miss something really cool? Alright. Transition was nice. I'm expecting my uh, video to drop any second now. Okay, so they're slowly warming up to the... Okay, you can carry boxes and jump. Showing a little bit of, like, trying to teach the player, like, Hey, you have to jump over there. You need some way of doing it. Yes, look, you can lift that box. That view is fucking awesome. Yeah. So oh, it's a little bit of splashes on the rocks there, too? Oh. This is... And after this, Stefan will have to change, change his pants. What would you do for a Klondike bar? Where is this story turning, though? 
Yeah, right? Uh-oh. No. Oh my god, and that game still looks fucking... What? Holy shit. Okay. Oh! Okay, that was more like Celeste and stuff. Man, the water in this looks so good! Oh my god, yeah, okay. Okay, you've... Yeah. Oh. Dude. Oh. You had my attention, now you yeah. have my erection. Oh my god, just like these stunning views. Oh, this is taken right out of Celeste. This is basically wow. like a Celeste game. Holy yeah, it shit. Is. I'm fine with that. I haven't gotten to play Celeste yet. Yeah. And I, I want to play this one as well now. Ah. Oh, why? So many games are so good. <laughs> so many awesome developers <laughs> making so many awesome games. Oh. Oh shit. Oh, now you have a... What? 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 Wow. Another win? Oh, what? my God. So it's like, I want to be the guy? If this does not get fucking kickstarted... How could it oh not? Oh, my it was God, so dude. Good. I think... I think the <coughs> I think the only reason like this would, wouldn't get kickstarted for as cool as this was is that people might, like... Look at it, be like, "Oh, it's just a Celeste ripoff." And if not they don't see how well the art is done in that game, yeah. like the first thing I said was, "Oh wow, this looks like Octopath Traveler," which is Square, which they basically took like heavy layering and like um, using like light flares and stuff like that to bring like a very very like pleasing look to their to an eight bit sixteen bit style game. And they're doing the same thing, but with a Celeste-type game as well. So that's... That's awesome. <laughs> we'll definitely have oh, to yeah. I, I really this hope this gets kickstarted. Yeah, like, this right here... This right here is enough to keep me happy. Just that one picture. Jesus. 15 euros, $23 Canadian is what they're looking for for a digital copy. That is not a lot, especially with how it looks. Like, Octopath Traveler is like, mm. I think, still sitting at like eighty dollars or more. Sixty, yeah, something like that. This looks uh, so good. This got. <laughs> like even just like the pixely snow falling there looks just so good. Damn it. Octopath Traveler yeah, is still a yeah, sixty dollar game, dude. You get a whole bunch of different weapons and stuff like that. So, like, it's Celeste, but with Whoa. weapons and bosses and stuff like that. Like, come on. Come on, guys. Yeah, this, this is has really a sweet. lot more of a, a like, storyline, like... You see adventure. that picture there? Like, whatever it is, yeah. it is repelling the rain. That's why I'm stopping there. It's just to show, like, this is more than just platforming Celeste. This is adventure as well, so... Yeah. Better than an umbrella. It's true. 
<laughs> wow. I, I honestly, I really, really hope that you get fully back in this game. This is yes, wow. Uh, they only have go. 26 days to we go, our, but we got people our got to see this because that that's a nice game. Yes. All right, and our last mm. game for tonight is Beloved Rapture. Usually, I don't look at games that look like they could be done through um, RPG Maker, but I like the, the look of the SNES box they kind of made here for it, and that's the reason why yeah. I brought it up. They're looking for 16,643. They're currently at 10,000, so they're over halfway there. It's a SNES-style fantasy RPG focused on existent... Existential... Yeah. Except there's an ism at the end of that, there, Scott. Spirituality, friendship, and identity. Anyways, we're just going to watch the trailer now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> By the way, this looks like it's better than most RPG Maker games that I've seen, so... Yeah. If these people are into making a decent enough story, and not a regurgitated story with changed things, slightly changed you know, effects that are in. Right? Oh, and that castle looks good. Holy shit. So, yeah, the, yeah, this looks way different than what you'd see in most 16-bit games. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is kind of nice. Oh, this is very nice. I don't care if it, this is RPG Maker. This looks good. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, a lot of times when I see this stuff, the first thing I think of, oh, okay, RPG Maker, I'm not even interested. I don't care that you regurgitated previously made crap. But this looks like it's actually... If it is RPG Maker, it looks like they've done a lot of their own sources, a lot of their own stuff. They put in a lot of work in it. And if it's not RPG Maker, that makes it even better. Oh, that got fucking savage. Right? Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. Like, this doesn't look like your standard RPG Maker game, if it is even that. 16-bit adventure that's been years in the making. Okay, so this... They obviously put time and effort into it, which shows. Oh, oh yeah, this is the other part. Was this one last pixel art? Twitter.com slash Beloved Rapture. <laughs> we'll be sure to let them know that we covered them in the podcast because that looked fantastic. And these people are from Boston, Massachusetts, so that's cool as well. Wow. All right, so for a digital copy of Beloved Rapture, you'll be paying $9 U.S., $12 Canadian. That's not bad at all. Uh, family trauma, LGBT themes, and friendship are all important elements of Beloved Rapture's story and are treated with uh, the reverence that are due. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I said that earlier. That's really good. And that's what I'm saying. Oh no, I'm still just looking down through everything. This is, it's very nice. Yeah, like, it, it looks very well done. Like, like I said, if this is RPG Maker, this looks better than anything else I've seen out of RPG Maker in quite some time. And they've obviously done their own artwork as well. So again, they've they've obviously put in a lot of work. And now I'm 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 just very interested if that's what they did or not because this is it looks so good. Yeah. Oh, this looks fantastic, dude. Oh, I definitely, yeah. And they have a little bit of background story about all the characters here. So you can get this in a manual. Please tell me you guys are going to release this on a Super Nintendo cartridge. Yeah. I like it. I don't even care, honestly. I, I'm more just interested if that's what it was or not. Either way, it looks fucking fantastic. Alright, well, again, that ends it for today. I, I do have to apologize once more for all of the technical difficulties that we had with the entire podcast. It's a lot of crap, but it, it, it will get better eventually. That's all I can say for now. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, anyways, it's our time for us to do our usual thing, which is um, host up somebody on Twitch. So let's just do a quick little refresh over there real quick. Oh, computer didn't like me refreshing that page. You know what? We're going to host up Mr. Dark Slash 88. And he's probably playing, he's playing Final Fantasy VI, and it's probably Beyond Chaos, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yes. Beyond Chaos, Permadeath, Hardest, Flags, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. So everybody, have yourselves a good evening. Go over to Dark Slash eighty eight. Say hello. Throw him some Bomberman emotes. Tell him that he's getting rated by the Retro Indie Pixels podcast. And have yourselves a good evening.